your Cornish Soccer Podcast. Well, here we are, the much-awaited first episode of Series 5, the Rapper and Deeks Friday Fix Podcast. It's uh, July the 29th, 2022. I'm Deeks, and hopefully after, what did he tell me, 10 weeks since I last spoke to him, it's Rappo. Afternoon, Deeks. That's gone quick, mate, hasn't it, that 10 weeks? Far too quick for my liking. <laughs> Far too yeah. quick. So. Yeah. Episode 161, mate. All right, so if we're series five, series five, mate, we're still here, Dicks. If we're, we're lucky, here. if we're lucky, we might celebrate our two hundredth before the season is out. Yeah, yeah, that's true, mate. Just might be the finale, mate. Might it? Might be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> might work out just right that forty <laughs> Right. So anyway, um, you, I, you've been very busy. I, I see. Have you pre-season watching all these friendlies? Yeah, I have actually. Deeks nine, I think, mate. Nine, nine I've been to. But yeah, yeah, seen Lisgard a couple of times, mate. Blazy a couple of times. Um, Falmouth, mate. Truro, obviously Weybridge a few times. Deeks, yeah, been around, mate. Got me, yeah, been around, been around. Deeks. That's well, that's yeah. that's what I heard years ago that you've been around a bit. But um, <laughs> so, have you seen any new faces on the pitch? Any players that you've never seen before, and you've said to, and you've had to ask someone, "Who is that?" Oh crikey! Uh, you, you've asked me a question, now, Diggs, haven't you? Um, I don't think I have, mate. Really, who's this striker the... at Newquay that I keep reading about? A striker at Newquay, but no one seems to know his name. Yeah, that's right, mate. They're all saying he's quite lively and all, mate, aren't they? But well, he ain't who got is a name. Who is he? Yeah, I don't know, mate. I don't know. I'll have to find that one out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Hopefully we'll know pretty soon, mate, if he starts the season well, thanks, wouldn't we? Well, that's true. That's Well, yeah, that's very true. Right. They might be keeping them a secret, mate, mightn't they? All the players that have been poached off of Nuki over the last couple of seasons, they probably don't want anyone to know. Yeah, it could be trialist A, couldn't it? Or trialist B, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, that always makes me laugh. Why do they do you? that? don't know. Not a clue, mate. It's ridiculous, really, Deeks, isn't it? Why don't you just put the, you know, it, it, it's a, it, I don't know. I've, I've often thought that over the years, mate. What, what a waste of time, isn't it? Just putting that. You'd be gutted, Deeks, wouldn't you, if you had a trial somewhere, <laughs> scored an app trip, mate, and you're down in the papers, try list A, mate, wouldn't you? <laughs> You'd be... <laughs> yeah, try list, yeah. list A, scored a hat trip, but sorry, we're not allowed to name who it is. But <laughs> I, I got, somewhere in the back of my mind, I I, I I thought it was for a reason if you, if you sign, I don't know, can't remember what it is, but you sign on with another club. But here's the first question for yeah. our listeners. They've been dying to get the podcast back. We want to know why players go under the name of trialist A, B, C, and not their own yeah. name, don't we? Yeah, exactly, Deeks. Yeah, rubbish, mate, isn't it? That's... I've, I've thought that for years, rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> don't overact. Don't overdo your bit. So. <laughs> I hope someone comes up with a good explanation for it, mate. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> why why is it trial this day? Right, so let's kick off this week, this episode, the first one in the new series, with some old blood. But I'm glad to say that Phil Hiscox is back, and the first question has to be whether he had a good summer or not. 
Yeah, mustn't complain. Mustn't complain. Um, yeah, spent some some time away from the computer, some time with the grandkids, and uh, ready to go for another season. <laughs> right, good. Now we've um, obviously we've got you on today. Not so much to talk about the Southwest Peninsula League uh, games coming up, but more so the restructuring. But uh, let's very very quickly touch on one game that is taking place in the coming week. Um, who is that, and why is that? Right, it's uh, Liscard Athletic versus Cummington Town on Tuesday night. That's the 5th of August with the 7.30 at Lux Park. And the reason for that, and we, we had some of these last year, is when we do the fixtures, we're not quite sure who's in the FA Cup. We now know that Liscard and Brixham are in the FA Cup. Uh, and it's a normal practice for me then to offer those teams in the FA Cup the chance not just to push the game that they would have lost back, but to bring it forward so that they get a chance to play a league game before the FA Cup. Uh, interestingly, Brixham decided not to, mainly because the managers are away on holiday next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason. <laughs> yeah, which is absolutely fine. Um, uh, and in that particular case, you know, I just said to them, well, well, don't complain that your first game of the season is in the FA Cup because you did have the option. Uh, I think last season we started with Penzance versus St. Austin in the West Division because of exactly the same thing. Right, yeah. Because there were, the, I seem to recall there was a, um, a few seasons ago when the very first competitive match was an FA Cup game, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the, the FA Cup, they, they changed the dates suddenly from one season to the next and, and everybody fell foul of it, it literally, unless you started ridiculously early, the first game happened to be the FA Cup. Uh, and I suppose that's part of the reason why the Western League is starting this weekend is because the FA Cup is the following weekend uh, because it affects pretty well all their Step 5, probably not so much their Step 6, mm. but certainly their Step 5. Um, and they, they, they cover it that way. It, funny enough, the Southern League, where, where obviously Truro and Parkway and things play, they have an opposite way of starting their league season in that they don't start until officially until the 13th of August, which sounds awfully late and awfully sensible. <laughs> but the Southern League are quite cute. The, an awful lot of their teams, certainly their Step 4 teams, and depending on points per game, some of their Step 3 teams have to start in the FA Cup on the 6th with potential replays. <laughs> so by not starting in the league games until the 13th they could ignore the FA Cup effectively right so that that's um, yeah that's the uh, first league uh, game mentioned and what time kick off is that again 7.30, 7.30 originally it was going to be the Friday night game and then say so this guy got into the FA Cup so yeah. although they, they lose the Friday night they, they gain the, the, the sort of kudos of kicking off the new season yeah that's yeah good luck to them come on this guy being a Liscard boy, so um, I've got nothing against Callington either. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so that's uh, you know you, you've got to stay neutral on your foot. That's what I. Dis- I've got to, you've you got know, to sit bloody neutral, yeah, yeah, all the time. Must be very, terrible. Must be very difficult. Uh, actually, who is your your sort of local side that you would support apart from Extra City, of course, if you weren't well, involved. I, Evolving in clubs, and, and for a while it did cause a little bit in that um, for many years I was involved with, with Exmouth Town. Of course, we were members of the league. Mm. Um, but my main club, sort of growing up and being involved with, was Hebertree United. Right. Are they still so going? At that time, were Western League. What are they in now then? Oh, they uh, dropped down even below the Devon League. Now, the, the part of the problem is Wingfield Park, where Hebertree play isn't the right size for pyramid football. Oh, right. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Let's 
let's get you talking about why we've really got you on today. Yeah. And that is, well, is it Project Southwest? Did I read somewhere? Well, that's that's the working title because we're still arguing over probably down to two names now. It's um, got to be the Western Peninsula League, isn't it? Surely. That's one of them. There is another one that's uh, finding finding favour. Um, oh, what's that? The Southwest Peninsula League. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> I think the Western League just want to call it the Western League. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. No, somebody suggested the Southwestern League, and I thought, oh, oh that's, yeah, uh, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. So, what can you tell us about it? Right. Briefly. I mean, uh, <laughs> let, let, let's, let's do the politics first, and then we'll do the logistics. Right. Uh, I've had a couple of uh, local reports. So I, I think I perfected the politics answer to this. Uh, and I hear lots of stories about weakening standards and all the yeah. rest of it. So, so let's, let's deal with the politics here. For many, many years, and we're going back to the, the Bob uh, Mark Heyman era, um, there was always the, the ambition to have a step five for Devon and Cornwall. Admittedly, that was from before the days where clubs had gone up to the Western League, where clubs were primarily refusing to join the Western League. Uh, but that was always a sort of stated ambition that instead of running at step six, we should run at step five. Um, and the FA have always said no, basically. So that's where it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, so... From the Plinch League angle, that's that's an ambition that we've always had, um, and it's there in the back of our minds. What's changed in the last couple of years is clearly, and it's been probably bluntier the politics of it, is the Bristol clubs in the Western League suddenly not being quite so open to the idea of the Western League running from Portishead down to Penzance. Um, and they've had... Clearly, they've had issues um, in terms of sustainability of clubs, losing clubs to other leagues that they consider to be sort of stalwarts of their league, um, being moved geographically. Um, and that's brought them to the table. So, politically, this is a, a solution that sort of suits both parties in, in as much as the Peninsula League's ambitions of having a Devon and Cornwall for a step five sort of it, it will happen um, but the Western League their ambition of, of not losing their Bristol clubs and um, remaining relevant where the majority of their officers live mm-hmm. is also a factor mm. um, we've got to remember that the, the Western League uh, you know, we're obviously from down here we on these social media sites and things we hear it from a Devon and Cornwall angle all the time. Yeah. from the Western League angle 12 months ago odd down Point blank refused to play at step five and are now playing at step six. Uh, they lost five or six clubs, uh, laterally moved to the Hellenic League. Uh, say some of those clubs that, that were, had a long history and tradition of being Western League clubs. This summer, just gone, Brislington have followed suit with what Odd Down have done and have decided to play at step six rather than step five. They weren't in a relegation position. They've chosen to be uh, at step six. And the Western League for the last two years have been trotting off to Wembley to appeal hearings because other clubs, Canesham this season, Clevedon the previous season, um, have appealed playing in, in the Western League on the grounds of cost and geography uh, and wanting to leave. Uh, and it, it must be pretty hard for a league. You know, 
yeah, I feel dis- not disappointed, that's the wrong word. You, you, you're sometimes saddened when your best clubs take promotion, but mm. at least you're wishing them well and sending them on their way. Yeah. When your clubs are actually just wanting to leave because they don't want to be with you anymore, is is a different message again, isn't it? You've got to stand up and, and start to think, why is that happening, haven't you? And yes, what can we yeah. do about it? Uh, and the other political argument is when we first sat down unofficially sort of 12 months ago to talk about what solutions there might be out there to, to discuss, um, we talked a great deal about the, the amount of time it, uh, it takes to travel from Mausel to Clevedon or, or wherever to wherever um, with the road network and, and all the rest of it. Um, one thing that's actually changed since, which will probably concentrate the minds even more so, it makes it even a better idea now than it probably was 12 months ago, is the sheer cost of yeah. travelling these distances. Because obviously nobody 12 months ago quite knew about wars in Ukraine and, and rising fuel prices. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm aware, I know of some clubs, both Western League and Peninsula League, that have gone off to get quotes particularly for like the FA Vars games coming up at the end of August and the quotes from coach firms in some cases almost doubled from last year. <laughs> oh, uh, and and uh, just digressing a bit if you allow me, uh, one discussion that I'm already aware of and we'll, we'll probably have that discussion at committee level once the season starts is to save clubs costs and things is there mileage this summer or this winter rather in not kicking off at three o'clock in the winter months, they're possibly kicking off at two o'clock to avoid floodlight use. Yeah, yeah, it's a thought, isn't it? Yeah, if, if the costs are that high, yeah, it's um, got uh, obviously wouldn't wouldn't affect evening games, but but Saturday games you could make a saving there. Yeah, all these things are suddenly having to be considered, aren't they? So mm, yeah, yeah, something that in the past you just say no, the rule says three o'clock, that's that. Yeah. Uh, now actually, a bit of common sense says, well, okay, that's something we can look at. Yeah, okay, so. Has it been a case that the FA have been proactive in this move, Phil, or is it the leagues, the Western League and the South West Peninsula League that have sort of... A, 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 mixture, a mixture of both. I, I mean, I think that the, the FA would cert- they've certainly been involved because nothing happened without them happening. <laughs> I think from an FA angle, they first of all wanted the, the two leagues to speak together because they, they themselves don't want to be forcing clubs to, to leave leagues. They don't want to, uh, these appeal hearings either. Uh, they did, to be honest, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about the FA insisting on mandatory promotion mm. and now the FA you could be accused of a certain double standard in allowing clubs that were a step five to just decide to play at step six and giving them a space. Mm. Um, you know, that's a dangerous precedent to, to set for the future because what happens when a club wins a step six and says we don't want to go to step five normally the IFA answer will be tough but actually if that club turned around and said well you let clubs that were step five choose to buy a step six what's the difference (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Um, so the FA are are well aware of that and I think nationally they're, they're going to in the next year or so look at the mileage of step six particularly not so much step five nationally um and they've touched on it this season. When they did the allocations at the end of last season, all the Step 5 competitions in the, across the country were allocated 20 teams each. Um, whereas at Step 6, there was a vacancy between some clubs having 18 and some up to 22. Mm. And that was partly because them choosing to, to shift the numbers around to reduce the number of clubs they had to force to move. Mm. 
It's a nightmare, all this, really, isn't it? Let's be fair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, so I think we've, we've covered the well, reason, I think we've covered the reason, national part yeah, there. That, so, that's so right. it, so it's now, I suppose, really the local arrangements. Logistics as such. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Well, um, yeah, do you want to kick off? <laughs> yeah, okay. So let, let's do it, first of all, as far as the clubs are concerned and the bits that we now know, which mm-hmm. is what clubs need to do. Um, Actually, can I, before we do that, yeah. how much time have you been spending on this? Too much. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> I mean, if you think that you know, last season we, we ran the league for the first year after COVID and not obviously physically attending meetings, I, I've, I've been to... Almondsbury, the Gloucestershire FA headquarters at least three times in, in the last couple of months. Um, we've had other meetings all over the place, really. So, yes, it's... it's so there's been a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, draft papers, FA wanting this document, and then it's actually harder work than I'm, I'm used to. <laughs> <laughs> in as much as I've always considered myself to be rather a benevolent dictator, so if the FA say, <laughs> write a report, I'd write the report and send it. Um, whereas, of course, now, whether the Western League have written it or whether I've written it, you need each league to agree it. Yeah. So oh it's not quite as straightforward as Phil says. It mean, <laughs> takes so much longer. The Western League says mm. um, nothing they can do uh, can go forward to the FA without you know, the Peninsula League's agreement and vice versa, which is fair. It's correct, but obviously it does add add time and consultation. Consultation yeah. takes time. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Sorry, so, I interrupted. So you the soon. logistics for, that have been announced are primarily aimed at clubs at step six, with a partial bit at the clubs in the feeder leagues below, uh, and that's to, to how do we, what is the structure, and how do we populate the structure. So the FA have changed the sort of national rules to make it a local for one year only. Uh, sort of southwest pyramid. So the, the allocations this year will be based uh, within our geography, whereas normally you'd look at the points of the game of teams nationally about whether they're promoted or not. Uh, funny enough, St. Dennis were reprieved in the ends, allegedly by the FA, by a club pulling out and making their PBG good enough. Well, actually, under this current scenario, that wouldn't have taken effect because it's all going to be... Mm-hmm within the southwest for one season. Otherwise, you know, the extra promotion spaces will be taken by a team in Cumbria yeah. rather than a team in Cornwall, yeah. which won't help the travel, I can assure you. So what the, the, the structure is then is, is going to be two step fives, um, north and south, we'll call them for the moment. Uh, north is, is literally sort of Bristol to Taunton, South is sort of Taunton to to Mosul. Um, that line around Taunton can vary. Certainly, a club like Wellington, uh, if you were doing a mapping exercise and not knowing who's going to win the league and who's going to come up, could be in either. So that's your rough line in the middle. Um, reasons for 18s rather than 20s is because of two things. One, we are going to be one league with two divisions, and two. To reduce the impact on the leagues below, uh, populating 36 is easier than populating 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, obviously, that's the sideways angle with the Hellenic League as well, but by reducing it to 18s. Mm-hmm. Um, now, those, if you take the 
the fact that there are 20 Step 5 teams this season, that means you need an additional 16 spaces. Uh, and that may vary because you don't know who's going to win the league this season. You don't know who's where the team that's bottom of the Southern League are going to be geographically at the end of the season. But let's assume for the moment that those even themselves out. The extra 16 spaces will be taken by each of the three Step 6 leagues. That's Western League 1, Peninsula East, Peninsula West, having four spaces which are exclusive to those league tables. But they can't be mixed and muddled with somebody from another league. So if you're in Peninsula League West, you know you've got a guaranteed four spaces, the same in East, the same in Western League 1. Uh, and those basically will go to the top four clubs that have got a compliant flood bit ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should be straightforward. So in the West Division, the only two that stand out as non-compliant at this moment in time would be Bew, Town and Mullion, the two new teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and even they, they, if they were to be compliant by the 31st of March, you know, that would be up to them. But yeah. for the moment, they wouldn't be compliant. Uh, so the same applies in, in the Peninsula East, the same applies in Western League Division 1. So that gets you 12 of your additional 16 clubs. Uh, you then got, this is the, the unknown really, there are, as we've already talked about, former Western League clubs playing now in the Hellenic League at Step 5. Some of those are in the greater Bristol area, some of them are on the outskirts of Bristol, more to the sort of Wiltshire boundaries. Um, the FA have a system where a club can apply for a lateral move from one league to another. Interesting enough, it's the same rule that Canesham have been using to try and appeal being in the Western League and wanting to go to the Hellenic League. Well, now a club can do it the opposite way around. A Hellenic League club can now apply to the FA to come back to the Western League. <laughs> so they're going to be looking if you're if you're one of those Bristol clubs you're going to be looking at the footprint of the new setup and saying does that geographically suit us better mm. is that where we want to be uh, and they have their their sort of right within the regulations to apply for a lateral move which they must do by December the 31st um, so we need to know really how many of those there will be um there are spaces for four. Uh, I think that's probably optimistic. It will be as many as four, but you, you've got to allow for, for that. Um, you've then got to see what the FA's attitude to those clubs is, and presumably it will be, again, based on geography. Uh, the Hellenic League won't necessarily want to lose them, but the Hellenic League were involved in the consultations and, and are aware that you know they've got boundaries on other borders where... If they lose clubs there, they might pick up somebody from somewhere else. If you yeah, know what I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't mean that they necessarily lose the number of clubs. It, it's their boundaries are, are, could be flexible too. Uh, and one argument would be, well, those clubs were never Hellenic League before mm. the latest batch, so that they're not losing clubs that were traditional members. Mm. Um, now, if if it's sort of neat and tidy at four, you could argue that you've then got eight clubs. To step up that are south of Taunton, eight clubs to step up that are north of Taunton. Uh, that's nice and neat, really, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it will never work like that, but, <laughs> but that would be the very neat way. Um, but we have to also allow within the, the, the setup for, well, let's say it's two that join from the Hellenic League, not four. Mm. Um, and that gives you two extra spaces where you you then go to the sides in fifth place. Well, the problem you've got there is there will be three sides in fifth yeah. place because there are three divisions. Yeah. 
So that's where fifth, and I suppose potentially sixth, but more, more likely fifth place. It may be good enough, but you're also going to have to have a look at the points per game of the two other teams in the other two divisions that are also in fifth. Mm. And just to confuse Matt, all three divisions are different sizes. <laughs> right. well, what, what if one of those top four don't want to go up? Well, as far as the four places uh, per division are, are guaranteed, then you would move down to the next one. Ah, right. I think having to move down to the next one, the fifth place team in that PPG scenario would be at a disadvantage, wouldn't they? Because they would have finished lower in the table and presumably their PPG won't be quite so good. Mm. What, what we're saying for the extra ones is it's the ones on PPG that have missed out right. in, in a sort of chronological order would be offered the space. And yeah, you don't know who that would be. It's interesting on the travel, so whether clubs would turn it down or wouldn't turn it down. I, I, again, I suppose it depends where that club is that's had that season. Mm. You know, if, if you're Launceston, and we'll use Launceston as an example, bang on the A30, well, why would they turn it down? Because mileage-wise, it'll be no different. Mm. Um, I suppose so. Whereas, mm. you know, potentially a Penzance or an Axminster might look at it as doubling their mileage footprint. Yeah. And then you're back to uh, the same, the yeah, original then, problem. That's that argument, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and, and certainly the, the, the FA rule about mandatory promotion still only applies to the champion club. It does. It wouldn't apply to this group of four. Oh, this is yeah. a one-off, one-off season for mm. that. Uh, and then the last part of it is then what happens at step six. Um, I think people, sorry, just before we move on to that, step five, grand grading. I wanted to touch on that. Yeah. There's some confusion that um, all these clubs have to do enormous amounts of work between steps five and step six. The reality is that the grand grading, if you've got a grand grading for step six, your pitch your pitch barrier, your dugouts, your floodlights, your dressing rooms, all comply already. The only two real differences at grand grading uh, are regarding spectators. At step six, a club needs to have 100 people undercover, of which at least 50 are seats. So let's take somewhere like Bobbin Town. The stand holds more than 100 seated, so that's all they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so Falmer, for example, have just come up and Torpoint, they had well more than 100. They won't have to do any of that work because they already comply. Um, at step five, that changes to 200 undercover, of which 100 are seated. So again, let's go back to Bodmin Town. Well, we've already said that the Bodmin stand holds more than 100 seated. If it doesn't hold 200, and I, I don't know, you'd have to physically count that, I suppose, but if it doesn't hold 200, then they would have to provide a covered standing area to take it up to the 200 level. Mm-hmm. But they would have a year to do that, and because that becomes a grand grading issue, whereas at the moment they don't need that at step six, but at step five it becomes a grand grading issue, they would be eligible for a football foundation or football stadium improvement fund grant towards the costs. Uh, the other one, which does cause a little bit of consternation, is this idea of bound material. At step six, where the league's clubs currently play, you, the, the rule is you should have two adjoining sides of the pitch with hard standing, concrete, tarmac, paving slabs, that sort of thing. Um, and technically, you shouldn't stand on the others, but nobody really 
bother too much about whether they do. Mm. Uh, the Western League have a different attitude to standing on grass, um, which is, that's a debate that we will have to have. <laughs> um, but the one factual thing which is different is that at step five, the ground grading doesn't say two additional, two adjoining sides of hard standing. It says hard standing will be provided in all spectator areas. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to have it on all four sides of the ground because you could choose to have a side that doesn't share for spectators. So, for example, um, Honiton, where there's cricket, there will never be, right. uh, and Wellington in the Western League, where there's cricket, there will never be hard standing on the cricket side. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean four-sided. What it does mean is where spectators stand has to be hard standing. Mm. Um, so... This is where you get this talk of some clubs being told not to let spectators stand on certain bits. It's mm-hmm. not that their ground doesn't comply. It just means to enable spectators to stand on it, they need to comply. Mm-hmm. Um, Helston are a prime example. They've had a grant and the work was done at the end of this season um, in order to, to comply. And, and so any club that hasn't got concrete or, or tarmac in, in all the required areas, and again, would have a year to apply for a grant to do that work. For some clubs, that will be totally immaterial because their grounds already comply. So, for example, someone like St. Lazy, it's hard standing on all four sides. Yeah. Uh, St. Austell, hard standing on all four sides. Launceston, you could, there's an interesting one there. There's a little bit in the top corner near where the windmill is that isn't. <clears throat> they may well decide just to put a sign at the end of the stand saying no spectators. Yeah. They don't actually have to, because it does. It, if they deem that to be not a spectator area, they don't have to mm. make it outstanding. Yeah. Mm. Um, but let's say all, it, it's not a huge amounts of work. We're talking about, I, I suppose people spot it because it's outdoors, mm. whereas an awful lot of the expense of ground grading is things like floodlights and dressing rooms, and those don't change. Mm. They only change those sort of things when you start going up to steps three and four, the Southern League standards. And interesting enough, if anybody uh, is mindful to, to read the thoughts of the Taunton Town chairman about the amount of work Taunton Town have had to commit themselves to do, having one promotion from Southern League Premier to Conference South. Oh, right. um, he's got an awful lot to go to say on that subject. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's part of the process of going up through the system. Um, but the, what I would say is the way the ground readings are, are written, steps one and two are, are, are a similar standard. Steps three and four are a similar standard. Steps five and six are of a similar standard. There isn't a huge difference between them, but hard standing and the number of spaces under cover are the two notable differences. Okay. Anything else you want to... Um... I think we're just going to go back to step six. So yeah. uh, the only thing at step six is we're keeping the three structures of teams and I, I keep seeing ground hopper types, the, these people that do these plotting maps saying it makes no sense um, and, and it makes no sense to them because it's spreadsheet football, <laughs> it makes perfect sense if you're Penzance or Honiton or somewhere where suddenly only having two divisions means you have to play each other at step six <laughs> and that isn't going to happen, we, we've had that discussion before we've consulted with the clubs on that before it ain't going to happen so we're not going to do it um, the net result of that probably means that we're going to be looking at slightly smaller divisions, although 
in some ways, that's going to be a bigger effect on Western League Division 1 than it is on the Peninsula League. Because in the Peninsula League, we're running a 17 and a 19. Um, running 16 to 18 isn't going to be hugely different. Mm. Uh, Western League Division 1 this season, partly because it has people like Brislington and Odd down in it, has 22 in it. Uh, so they've got quite a few to lose. Um, but what I can see happening there is potentially a little drift in as much as some of those more southerly Western League Division 1 clubs. So as an example, should we say Bishop's Lydiard, which is near Taunton, they could, like Bridport this season, end up playing in what's now Peninsula East, mm-hmm. where we would be the central of those step six divisions. And dare I say that the FA gave a bit of a clue when they originally put Holsworthy in the West Division at the allocations. <laughs> you know, it may well be that um, West Devon clubs may be, be, be back in, in what's now Peninsula West. And that's happened before. Mm. I don't know, you know, uh, Elbert and O'Campton, they've all played yeah. in, in that West Division. So I can see, uh, particularly because the West League Division 1 has got 22 and the West Division has got 17, depending on who comes up, there, there could be a sort of gradual drift that, that um, Western League, clubs in its bottom end move uh, move into central and some central clubs move into west to, to balance the numbers mm-hmm. up but all that is hypothetical to the first point which is how many clubs and which clubs are going to apply to join this season yeah so we, we you know, again they've got till december the 31st so we're not going to be able to do those sort of mapping exercises until after that uh, we know last season there were clubs that applied that weren't successful. Um, St. Day, St. Agnes, True Reserves, Topsham Town, Fenerton, uh, and I believe there were some more Somerset County League ones uh, other than Nail Sea who did join the Western League. There was somebody who finished lower in their table applied as well. Um, do they reapply? Are there new clubs to come out of the woodwork to apply? Yeah. Uh, and I suppose the, the very last bit on that, and the <coughs> FA haven't committed themselves because, it, because it, it's such an unknown there. All they've put in the documentation is there's a possibility or, or there's a, uh, an allowance within the, this sort of local set of rules for relegation from step six to be reduced for one season in order to, to help fill those three step six divisions. Yeah, right. So St. Dennis, who had all that fuss about staying in, may find it a lolly, or a club in a similar position, may find it a lot easier this season if there's, yeah. if there's spaces to be filled. They might just say, well, you know, it's a local pyramid for one season. Yeah. You're staying. Stay where you are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's, there's some people that are concerned... Um, that all this is diluting the standards of the leagues. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I don't absolutely disagree. What what I would say is two things, I think. First of all, step six, traditionally, we all agreed that before these clubs started going to the Western League, step six in the southwest was remarkably high compared to step sixes elsewhere in the country. And I think there's still an element of that not just because the teams that have gone up from the Peninsula League have proved that they're more than capable of, of um, holding their own at Step 5, uh, but also there was still an element of players that we know play at Step 6 in order to reduce their travel footprint and their, perhaps their working or family conditions on a Saturday uh, and actively choose to play beneath their ability. Uh, I think I still believe that's the case in Devon and Cornwall. Uh, and from the Bristol angle, 
the evidence is, is very clear in as much as we know that two clubs, we, we've mentioned them, Brisbane's Nod Down, Canesham as well, um, actively don't want to play at step five because of the travel uh, and are therefore making step six stronger. Uh, and I also believe Bristol clubs have, have complained that Bristol players who traditionally viewed the Western League as the better competition at that end, some of them have chosen to play Hellenic, which was considered to be the, the, the weaker of the two competitions, but because the travel footprint is that much better for them, have opted to play in those leagues instead. Uh, interestingly, people like Westbury, who were a Western League club who never did great shakes in the Western League, they're now ahead, well, were last season a Hellenic League club, and they won it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So did they did they inherit players that you know because of their their travel footprint? I don't know. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. hypotheticals there, but it's it's interesting that you know, Hellenic League clubs had a very good season last season. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. And whilst you're talking about sort of Bristol-based clubs, they they've come in for a lot of criticism about all this. Is that fair? I think even the West League offices would admit that some of their clubs have disappointed them. Yes, I think uh, some of that criticism is fair. Not all of them, um, and, and sometimes it, it can be a, a vocal minority within a club that, that's made these comments, isn't it? But yes, I mean uh, the Keynesian comments last season. Um, say Brisbane made it very clear this season they weren't doing it. They weren't doing the travel and, and things, and that has a negative impact. Um, but we we'll go back to one of our earlier points: that this travel footprint doesn't exist anywhere else in the country. That in itself is an argument to look at the problem. Uh, and as I say, with rising fuel costs, people's work patterns—you know—again, mm. if you live in Mid Cornwall and you've got a choice of playing for a club at step five that has to go to, to Canesham and, and Brislington or wherever, um, or a step five where you perhaps have to go to Columpton, it could be the difference between whether you commit because of family time and work time. Mm. So are all the sort of um, preliminary meetings and discussions, are you on sort of on schedule? Possibly not on schedule in as much as the FA were very, uh, well, the FA were very much the FA when it came to agreeing and a time scale. We, we had originally hoped it would be announced at the AGMs and uh, we mm. got it out before a ball was kicked, which was the next deadline. Um, I suppose in many ways, in the background, the real work starts now is about how the two leagues are going to merge, how it's going to run, who runs it as well. <laughs> That's yeah. true. <laughs> so, could, could be some could be some fisticuffs on that one. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, be... I'm sending Tracy into. into battle, <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> right. So, is all this all this work you're going to do though, Phil? Is it going to detract from the wonderful service you normally give the South West Peninsula League during the season? I hope not. I hope not. I, I do intend. Um, Watching some Western League games and, and getting involved with, a little bit with that as well. Interesting, that was a, a discussion we've had with the Western League part that they should do the same with Peninsula League clubs. So I won't hold my breath as to who watches more games in the other competition. I've <laughs> got a funny feeling I might win that. Yeah. Um, but by the way, I'm actually, actually, this Saturday I shall be seeing one of our Cornish teams in action. I'm off to Sherbourne versus Millbrook. Ah, right. Um, to, to get, um, 
you know, that ball started start yeah. rolling there. And I, I don't want to just watch, you know, Buckland and people near on my doorstep. Mm. I want to get out and see some Westerly clubs that, that wouldn't be used to seeing me, like yeah. Sherborne. Yeah. Um, so, I will do my best. Uh, I suppose the only thing I'd say on that front is two things. One, I've done it before. I was secretary of the Devon League at the same time as the Peninsula League was set up. Right. Uh, and people might be a little bit surprised when they see me. I might be a little bit more of my fighting weight. I might have been on a bit of a keep fit exercise during the summer. Oh, oh right. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you're going to turn up in disguise or something like that. No, well, I might not want to turn up in disguise, but well, some, some people may not recognise me. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> oh, now you've got us intrigued. So, um, Well, okay, I'm perfectly blunt. I have lost the best part of four stone in weight. Have you? Yes. Really? And how have you done that then? Um, exercise and diet. Right. Good. Yeah. Good on I've you. Basically, been watching what I eat: no bread, no uh, potatoes, uh, no cakes, no biscuits, oh no fried foods. <laughs> uh, my granddaughter says uh, her rabbit eats better than me. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel better for it. That's the main thing, isn't it? It's yes. health comes first. Yes. So, Right, well, yeah, well, so fighting fit for the new season. <laughs> right, well, well done on that. It is right. I mean, we, we've gone on about this a bit. It's it, there's been a lot of words written about the yeah. merger. Is there anything more you need to tell us at this stage? Not at this stage, no. I think yeah, what was important was to get that bit out before the season started, before a, a club kicked a ball in anger, particularly those at step six, as to, to what they, they're likely to need to do on the pitch in terms of where they, they need to be aiming league position-wise, yeah. and for the committees to, to realise what the sort of travel footprints are, so, so therefore what the financial implications would be to, to accept promotion or not, um, and what the ground grading bits will be. And they say that will vary tremendously from ground to ground. I believe Torpoint had next to nothing to do. Right. Um, because, you know, they, they built that new stand over the other side yeah. not that long ago, didn't they? Yeah, that's true. And they put a path of things to it. You know, it's, yeah. So for some clubs, yes, it is a bit of expense. Uh, dare I say the more modern um, flat grounds, not the ones with the big bankings and things, mm. It, it, it's going to be a lot easier than those traditional old grounds. But yeah. as football lovers, we like those traditional old grounds, don't <laughs> that's we? That's right. That's right. So, and I guess if any club, any any official of a club listening to this have any questions, they need to get them to you ASAP, don't they, Reece? So yes, but I, I would have to say we've been quite open on the consultation exercise. The um, Western League officers came to the Peninsula League AGM uh, and I went to the Western League AGM, so we, we, we've already started making sure that we're seen out and about at each other's, yep. you know, meeting each other's people. Right, good. Okay, well, I think we'll end it there, Phil. Thanks so much for that. Um, I'm assuming you're going to be at the Liscard game on Tuesday? Yep, Liscard, Sheriff on Saturday, Liscard Tuesday, Bishop's Union Wednesday, Crediton Friday. <laughs> Well, Let's get back started. <laughs> well, I've got a wedding on Saturday, would you believe uh, it? So I'm not going anywhere. So. Well, yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, but it saves my fuel, so look at it both sides. I'd have to say, normally you say, well, you have a wedding in the summer, but you could argue that July the 30th is still the summer. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> right. Well, enjoy enjoy the, the rest of the summer, and uh, we shall get stuck in next week when we talk to you. We want to hear, you know, 
your thoughts on the West uh, Southwest Peninsula League and uh, who's going to be doing yeah. what, and uh, we look forward to that. We'll, we'll curse a few clubs by by predicting some success. Oh them. yes, we love that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Phil. Anytime. Your Cornish podcast. Yeah, as usual, obviously uh, Phil will be with us uh, every week for. Um, well, normally his feature on the Southwest Peninsula League as secretary of that league, uh, but obviously got a lot of involvement, Rappo, in this restructuring, which, um, well, I think uh, people have had the opportunity to read about it. They've now been able to listen to Phil about it. Any sort of, uh, any thoughts yourself or just let it go? Yeah, I, I suppose it's all about opinions, really, Deeks, isn't it? The individual really, mate. I've got to be honest, mate, I prefer Phil's version of it, mate, than reading that sort of <laughs> mandate that come out, mate. And yeah, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a read, mate, wasn't it? I think like, like Babo said, mate, you know, Logan Captain Babo, mate, he went, that's a bit of a read, didn't he? But, but Phil always, um, you know, he puts it over well, mate, doesn't he? Mate, you know, he explains it well and, yeah, I don't know really, Deeks. I, I think I'm probably might be a bit for it, mate. I think, you know, like two divisions of 18, you know, the, the step five one, mate, you know, no, you know, no sort of travelling further than Taunton. Mm. I suppose the cost, the cost of fuel these days, Deeks, it makes sense. And, you know, obviously Taunton to Bristol in the North League, Taunton down to Mosul in the South. Makes sort of sense, Deeks, I think. I think the old ground grading, I don't know what you think, mate, is a little bit harsh, mate. The new the old hard standing on all sides and all, mate. I, well, I don't know what I think, but it, I don't know, mate. It does seem harsh when you think, you know, for, what, 50-odd years or more, you know, yeah. it's been perfectly yeah. fine. But um, <laughs> there yeah. you go. Well, we're going to have Deeks in the winter. You're going to have 50 people sliding down a bank, mate, are you, on their <laughs> bum? Because like, it's, you know, like you said, mate, it's been all right all the average years mate isn't it? I can yeah. see a big crowd surge down the, the bank at Kimberley mate for example can you Deeks but <laughs> it's not Kimberley it's not Kimberley no it's not mate is it no. I can't get my head around all these new names Deeks for grounds mate I'm <laughs> what, still what is it West Westerway is it Westerway yeah. Stadium yeah so. yeah yeah is it Waterways what is yeah. it oh is what? it Waterways is it, what's the name thing no you're probably right mate you're probably right oh you've got me thinking now but yeah I don't know, mate. Anyway, we're but, talking talking about yeah. Scott Ashley's ground, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, but yeah, ridiculous seats, really. All that, you know, I can understand like the minimum, you know, hundred seats and all that, two hundred undercover. You know, I suppose if you're going up the league seats, you need to improve your facilities a little bit and stuff. But but yeah, that hard standing things, load of rubbish, mate. In it, but <laughs> but some great points, mate. As always from Phil Deeks. I mean, like the. Two o'clock kickoffs, mate. The same yeah. on floodlight. Yeah. yeah, in the winter, mate. Something, something you don't think about. I'll be guided with that, Dix, when you because that's a part of. I love that side of football, Dix. You know, in the winter, mate, when you're all cold, wrapped up, warm, and and the floodlights come on at half time, three o'clock kickoff. I love that side of it, mate. I I'll miss the old floodlight. I used to like the old Vaz games, Dix. You know, when we used to go away to pitches you ain't sort of played on before, and you come out second half and the lights are on, mate. You know and just I don't know better atmosphere about it or something Deeks but but 
Yeah, I mean, it's a fair point, mate, not having to stick your lights on, you know, have a, if you kick off an hour earlier. And, and like Phil said about the fuel ditch, you know, I mean, I was speaking to the guy at Millbrook on the gate last Saturday, mate, when went up to watch Weybridge and a friendly mate, and they've got a coach going to Sherbourne, mate, on Saturday, mm. 675 quid digs oh, for a coach. Blimey. Yeah. Yeah. Six, yeah, so you can't do that too often, it's mate, not, can you? It's not cheap, really? is it? No, that's right. No, no, exactly, mate. And, you know, like you were saying, mate, gas, electric, fuel. I mean, old Putin's got a lot to answer for, Dick, doesn't he? Really? <laughs> <laughs> but, Who's he played yeah. for? <laughs> yeah, Zenit St. Petersburg, I think, mate, didn't he? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Centre half. But, yeah, I don't know, mate. But, some, yeah, some great points from Phil, mate. Hey, mate, I was just wondering, when's Phil's handbook out? Oh, I love, I love, yeah, I love uh, Phil's handbook. I, I would imagine it's very soon. So, uh, with the league see, uh, starting on Tuesday, so uh, I would imagine yeah. the um, the printed version, well, probably on its way as we speak, perhaps. So, uh, well, that'd be good, mate. Hopefully, you're ready for Tuesday night, Dick's Liscord be Callington. Yeah, that's right. We hope so. Yeah. So, yeah. Remember, Phil was bitching him out last year at Liscord, mate, yeah. when he first came in. Yeah, season. that's right. But, yeah, yeah, that'd be nice, mate. I, I do enjoy Phil's handbook, mate. But, but yeah, good to hear his dulcet tones again, Dick's, wasn't it? Yeah. And, of course, he'll be squeezing through the turnstiles this season because he's lost four stone. I know, mate, yeah, well, yeah, Phil's had a pre-season of his own, hasn't he? <laughs> Four stone, mate. Crikey, mate. Four you know, congratulations to him, mate, really, flipping it. I'd love to lose four stones. I'd have to chop my head off, mate, to do that, I think. Oh, there's an idea. <laughs> Yeah, don't give Rachel ideas, mate. <laughs> uh, I think me wine gum addiction, mate, when I'm watching football uh, will put pay to that, Deeks. But mm. no, well done to Bill, though, mate. Four stone, that's some achievement, mate, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is. Well done. He gets, yeah. our, he gets our star man of the week, doesn't he, for that? Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Definitely, mate. Right. Yeah. Okay, so that's Phil Hiscox, uh, a regular for us every week of the season talking South West Peninsula League um, this week obviously just mainly about the restructuring but just to remind everyone there is one South West Peninsula League game in the county on Tuesday Liscard against Callington 7.30 kickoff. so uh, um, that uh, starts that league off uh, in the meantime uh, another man who uh, will be with us for the whole season I'm glad to say he's back with us it's Cam Weldon well, welcome back to the podcast, Cam. Have you had a good summer? Yeah, it's been a busy summer day, but um, yeah, it's good to be back. And um, yeah, it's been it's been good, thanks, mate. It's um, one where I think we all kind of needed a rest after last year, so it's uh, been good. But I'm I'm in like every football person after about two three weeks, sort of itching to get back at it, really. So um, yeah, no, it's been a good summer, but I'm looking forward to the, to the new season. Now, of course, you're on every week uh, to give us the. Uh, updates on True City and what's happening at the, at the club um, as far as players go what, what's who's come in yes it's um, it's been a bit of a transition period this this summer really for Truro just to um, we've seen obviously, as I say we, we lost a few we, well we saw a few players depart um, with uh, Jamie Richards Dan Rooney Rio Darside and Niles Thompson all obviously going on to pastures new and we wish them all the best obviously Um good players but I think 
um, Paul wanted a bit of a, a revamp on the squad this summer and we, we knew we, we were probably a bit short in players at the last season as well so I think we wanted to get some new players in we've got five uh, so far um, Dan Sullivan's come in from Taunton who uh, an attacking sort of forward slash like number 10 really um, very good player and someone I think is going to bring a lot of energy and hopefully a lot of goals to the team which was something we were very we were very reliant on Tyler and Rocky last year to get get our goals so we're hoping that Dan um, can come in and provide some goals uh, Jack Rice has come in as well who's a, again sort of similar sort of position to Dan um, really is more of a an attacking minded midfielder winger number 10 sort of striker sort of role can play anywhere across the across the front front line really and uh, he's come in from the league below Willem Rovers who's a and he looks a really tidy player really he's um, got a lot of energy very good on the ball technically so hopefully he can step up he seems a really nice lad as well so um, got the winning goal against Salt Ash in pre-season a couple of weeks ago so yeah he's, he's settled in quite well um, ben Alvesbury's come in who's a, probably in that two names I'm going to mention Ben Alvesbury and Ollie Knowles um, both come in two players we've seen before uh, must have been about five six years ago now Truro um, and they've returned to the club both very vastly experienced bodies and I think that's something that Paul wanted this this season was uh, we had quite a young squad last year I think he wanted a lot of a um, uh, bit more experience this season and I feel like he's got that and Ollie Knowles and Ben Alvesbury Ben has uh, obviously just left Taunton, um, won the league with them last year and got vast experience in non-league. I think he's played for the likes of Eastbourne and teams like that, so across the years, Bath as well, so um, got a lot of experience. Ollie, Ollie's the same, uh, done very, very well at Salisbury the last I three seasons he was there, um, was a key figure for them, so uh, he's come back to the club, which is obviously a good signing for us, as we added them. And the final one, uh, Kyle Egan, um, a young right back. I think he's about 22, 23 years of age. Um, he's come in from Tiverton, uh, someone who was on the books of Exeter's academy, did well at Exeter, and then um, I think he did break into the first team, made a couple of appearances, and then uh, released and went up to Dorchester Town, did well there. And um, yeah, he's been uh, Dorchester for two, three years, and then went to Tiverton in 2020 and was um, a key figure there and a popular figure there as well. So, it was one with Niall departing. We needed a new right back, and um, Kyle's come in, and hopefully he's going to fill the void that was left by Niall's departure. So, um, yeah, and he just looks a good player as, as one five of them. I think they're all um, really good additions to the squad, and I think they're only going to make the squad better um, on, from last year's team. And hopefully, I know that Paul's looking to bring in uh, a couple more. Um, hopefully, by the time this podcast even comes out, we might have. A couple more. I'm not entirely sure what the latest with those is, but he did say he's, he's hopeful to get a couple more in uh, by the end of the week and start season starts. Uh, not this weekend, the weekend after. So um, still got a little bit of time left to get some new additions in. But uh, overall, Dave, I think um, with the five additions we've brought in so far, I think it's um, anyone who's seen them play as well, and then Jack Rice and Dan Sullivan both um, caught the eye at Farmer. So hopefully, it's um, yeah, it's looking good going into the start of the new season. With the players you've got at the moment, then how many are we talking about in the squad? Uh, okay, that's a lovely day. Put me under pressure here. So I think it's uh, twelve actually signed on. Um, so it might, needs might be... to so it needs to be enlarged, doesn't it? That's not enough players, is it? Yeah, that's, and in fact, sorry, I'm wrong. Actually, I think it's not. Well, I think it's more towards fourteen signed on. But um, yeah, no, there's, uh, there will be more additions coming in. Uh, as I said, um, we're hoping to get them in. And this is the time of the 
the pre-season period where you sort of get your loan players in. Uh, the Football League club sort of released the loan loan players. So I'm sure that that's something Paul and Alex and Yetz will be looking at um, to try and get some Football League loan players in, which is obviously something Truro normally do. And this is this is the stage of the season where your Argyle directors um, they start to release them as they finish their pre-season and they they want to send their players out on loan. So. Um, yeah, I'm sure you'll see a couple of loan players and a couple of permanents as well. So as the squad starts to bulk out a little bit, but um, yeah, overall, as I said, the squad wise at the minute, I think starting eleven wise, I think we got a very strong starting eleven. Just got to try and um, get get a few more squad players as such into the team, and, and we're away. Someone said to me the other day that um, you know it, it could well be the case now that Plymouth Park, where have got as big a pull on those sort of players that you mentioned, you know, football league players that are, you know, out of contract or whatever, uh, Parkway have got a bigger pool than um, Truro City have now. Um, well, it's, it's a difficult one, David. I think there's a lot of clubs in the southwest. really. It's not just not just Parkway, but there's Taunton, there's Tiverton, there's, um, and you've, you've got even the, like up-and-coming up teams that are doing well in like, the Western League. You've got teams like Malzor and Elston and uh, teams like that. There, there is, it's going to, there's plenty of clubs in the local vicinity where even further slightly higher you've got Western Supermare um, and, and teams in our league like Pool they, there is like a pool factor um, there and it's basically just trying to find the right club I think with Truro one thing we've, we've always had decent success with loan players you look at some of the more recent ones over the years um, Luke Jeffcott came to us and did really really well Ryan Law who's um, came to us done I think he was one player of the year and scored one player uh, goal of the year as well and um, he got uh, he's gone back to Argonne I think he's just joined Gillingham on loan for the season so in League 2 so hopefully that's a good move move for him Will Swan um, from Forest came in he's now at Mansfield so I think um, I think something especially since Paul's come in his loan players have worked really well for us and gone on to um, beat up bigger and better things really they've done well with us and gone back to their parent clubs and so I think that's something that we we pride ourselves in is really the loan players we get in and hopefully we, we help them develop and hopefully the ultimate aim is they help us on the pitch as well so we had some good loans last year that uh, and Pollock and Devon from Bournemouth both did um, really well we had Grammo and Barnes from Forest um, a couple of others as well so yeah this, um, we've had some good players in, and hopefully we can well get the pull factor and get a couple more players through the door. You've had a few friendlies. I, I think, uh, well, as you mentioned, the league season doesn't start until Saturday week. So uh, you've got another friendly coming up Saturday, haven't you? Yeah, so uh, as I said, we've played five already. Um, we only had, we had six scheduled. Uh, we had a little change in the schedule quite recently, but um, that was... Uh, so this Saturday we were originally going to play Willems this Saturday but we were playing uh, Torquay at home uh, it all had to change around we uh, we had a scheduled game against Argyle uh, for the Tuesday night Tuesday just gone um, unfortunately they had to uh, cancel that I think it couldn't get a squad together for, for a num- number of different reasons um, so we ended up playing Willems uh, four days earlier and then I say we're hosting Torquay on Saturday which will be a good test for us I think it's one where um they're a, they're a good side talk here, so National League team. Um, they all, we play them most pre-season and they always give us a really good game. So it's one where, and that's the sort of game you want the week before the season really, is a, a proper test and hopefully um, hopefully we can get the, the strongest possible squad really together and Paul can see, um, start to maybe put the starting 11 or 
starting 10 or however many players he's got that will probably start the weekend after at Hamwell. So um, I think it's one where, yeah, it's been, pre-season's been good for us so far. Lads have worked really hard um, and they've been worked hard as well by Paul. He's um, been training twice a week and things are going well. So hopefully um, we can uh, start the season strong. What's the uh, the ground looking like up at Parkway at the moment? Well, it's a lot. Well, it's a lot better. I went up there about two, three days ago, David. It's, it's a lot better than what it was back in uh, well, end of April, should we say, when the season was there. There's grass on the pitch, Dave, which is great. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, uh, no. In, in fact, it's a fair play to Parkway and um, uh, the ground staff there. They've done they've done a really good job there. It's slightly longer um, the the pitch, which is uh, the grass, which I'm, I'm not sure how the other players and teams will suit, will like that but I think it's one I don't know whether they're going to cut it in between now and then I probably no doubt they probably will but I'm not really an expert on pitches but um, there's grass on it and it looks they, I know they've done a lot of work over the summer to um, uh, whether it's work on drainage I'm not sure but I'm, I'm guessing they've uh, I know they've done a lot of work to it, put a lot of sand and stuff on it and stuff like that so all the sort of jargon and stuff I don't, I don't know I said I'm no pitch expert at all but um, yeah it's, it's looking a lot a lot more healthy and a lot more it's green day which is the main thing <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah no, it's, uh, hopefully with, um, with the work they've done over the summer it's going to be a, hopefully be able to withstand the uh, the weather and fingers crossed we don't have such a wet and horrible December, January like February like we did last year because that was a well it played havoc for everyone really didn't it but mm-hmm. didn't really help us or Parkway especially with the um, little fi- fixture congestion come that time of the year so uh, fingers crossed, weather-wise, will stay with us. But the pitch, yeah, it's, um, it's looking good. Obviously, we'll, we'll get our first test of it on on Saturday at, Tor- at home to Torquay. And, um be nice to be back at the live. Really, it's been well, it feels like ages since we were there. Really, so um, be nice to just get like a, a home fixture, shall we say, um, under our belt and ready for the ready for the start of the season. And you sniggered at the fact that you described the pitch as being green because there's a lot of brown-looking pictures around at the moment. Yeah, I was about, yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, it's one that. Um, uh, yeah, well, to be honest, Dave, I'm, I'm fair play to anyone who's managed to keep their pitch green and stuff with, with this sort of weather, with the heat wave and stuff. It's been a nightmare. But um, yeah, no, it, it, I said it was after um, sending some pictures at some point. But no, Belife is looking quite healthy, really. It's looking all right. So um, whether they're watering consistently, I said I'm no pitch checks, but I don't know. But yeah, it's looking all right. No, uh, it's not as uh, doesn't look as burnt as you say. A couple of grounds looking a bit. Um, yeah, looking quite dry, the pictures, but I said it is a still July, isn't it? So yeah. kind of that happens every year. Right, well, OK, thanks for that, Cam. Obviously, uh, you're going to give us the, the lowdown on Truro every week, and uh, the season starts Saturday week, doesn't it? So we'll be talking next, uh, on the next podcast, we'll be uh, hearing a little bit more about the games coming up oh, as the serious stuff starts. Yeah, looking forward to it, Dave. I said it's... Um, for us it's just the, the season starts now well now really and um, one last friendly and then we're ready to go for 2022-2023 so yeah I'm looking forward to it and we won't mention Woolen Rovers yeah we'll keep that one quiet <laughs> right talk next week Cam cheers Dave you're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix yep thanks to Cam obviously another of our regular contributors he's the uh true city man for us um going to be another well i say another interesting season for true i think rapo but uh, both on and yeah. off the pitch yeah Deeks is um i think we've all given up on the ground mate <laughs> haven't we 
Don't, don't, uh, don't give up yet. Don't give up yet. Uh, I know, mate. I know. I'd love to see it, Deeks. Love to see it. But it'd be like Christmas, mate, wouldn't it? If they ever built that, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, like you said, it's interesting. I think, mate, quite a few new faces for City, isn't there, mate? Um, and, you know, lost a few, mate. Bit, bit gutted, mate. You know, Niall Thompson, probably my favourite player, City player, really digs mm. along with Tyler, mate, you know, Mr. Versatile, you know, sort of personal favourite of mine over the years watching City, Deeks, and I always impressed with Captain Jamie Richards as well, Deeks, who, who led by example, but, you know, hopefully the new lads that come in will sort of replace them, and, I mean, the friendly results been a little bit up and down, Deeks, mm. haven't they, but, yeah, but I guess it, yeah, it doesn't really matter, mate, as, as long as what's in, yeah, to, to sort of please with what they're seeing, mate. And it's all about that first game at Hamwell, Deeks, isn't it, on the 6th of August, yeah. really, mate, isn't it? But don't you think they're shorter players, though? They haven't got a big enough squad. No, I wouldn't have said so, Deeks, for that league, would you? Um, yeah, like Cam was saying, I think Cam said, what, 13, 14, isn't it? So you need at least, probably at least another three or four on top of that. I know I know City do, after the first sort of few, I mean, the Football League starting Saturday, Deeks, isn't it? So mm-hmm. I suppose you'll get a few loanees going out in the next, what, two or three weeks, maybe, mate, from those clubs and stuff. So... Maybe they might get, you know, City got pretty good record, haven't they, of, of getting good loan players and, and so, you know, likes of Jeffers and all, mate, and, and the lad Swan at Forest and all, mate, well, Mansfield now, isn't he? And obviously Luke did well at Argyle, Ryan Law and all, mate. So hopefully City will get a few good loanees, digs to sort of bolster up their squad a bit, hopefully, mate, mm. like you said. I, I know they all do it. I mean, obviously Parkway have, have done it this week with, you know, signing on a on loan Argyle yeah. player, haven't they? But don't you think that's whether well, cheating is too strong a word? But I don't like the idea that these clubs can just sign up these these loanees from you know pro clubs. I think it's just you know yeah playing the game. Yeah, yeah I see. What, I see what you're saying, Dave. So yeah, I think maybe put a limit on it. Maybe if something I don't. I, I, th- I can see the benefits of it from the pro club's point of view. Dix, you know, to, to send these lads out and go and play sort of step sort of th- two, three, even step four football, mate, you know, with a well-respected club like sort of Troy or Parkway like they are these days, mate. You know, I can, I can understand the pro club sort of thinking that the sort of young maybe 19-year-old lads getting playing football week in, week out at a decent level. But, um, but yeah, I, I do, yeah, I, I, I sort of semi-agree with you, mate, yeah. Is, maybe, uh, is their heart yeah. going to be in it for Tourist City when actually they could be playing that yeah. game for anyone, couldn't they? True, mate, yeah. Yeah, there is that, Deeks. I, I suppose if they've got any aspirations, though, Deeks, of being a pro and all, mate, you want to set yourself standards, Deeks, don't you? A bit of pride in yourself and you obviously know your performances have been sort of scrutinised and it's going to go back to your sort of gaffer or whatever, mate, don't you? So I, so I suppose it's up to them to put in the performances and impress, mate, and, and get, you know maybe get called back to the clubs to, to you know, like like Luke did really at Troy, mate, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he scored eight or nine goals in about ten games, mate, didn't he? Mm. So and yeah. went back to our goal and sort of flourished from there, didn't he? So yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, w- I wonder what the Tourist City supporters think that go and watch, but um, we're unlikely yeah. to get too many replies from them because not many go and watch, do they? Nah, not these days, Deeks, isn't it? I- 
I was talking to Wilsey, mate, you know, my old mate Wilsey, birthed, you know, two-goal Wembley hero for Draw City, <laughs> mate. Moves, just, moves a bit, mate. Just throw Sorry. it in, yeah, my mate Kevin yeah, Wills, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not, many, not many scored two goals at Wembley, thanks, have they? So, but good old Wilsey, mate. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he works with Niall Thompson, mate, and Jamie Richards, and, and he was saying about, you know, like, I, was surprised, I said to him, I was surprised that they left, and, and he was just saying he's a little bit sort of soulless, there now, mate, you know, like playing in front of 70, 80 people, Diggs, and obviously they've both gone to Tibbet and they get sort of decent crowds, Diggs, don't they? Mm. Sort of four or five hundred crowd, don't they? So you can understand it in a way, Diggs, you know, it's, yeah, it is a shame, mate. It is a shame, but it's, it's never really caught on, has it, mate, that sort of um, move to, to Belifo, really, is it? No, that's right. Well, it didn't help when their first game was a 4 0 defeat by Hendon, but. Um... <laughs> Yeah. I was I was there. I remember it. So yeah, I remember you being there. Mate. Yeah. That's true. Mate. Didn't get off to the best of the start, Steve, did it? No, you didn't. <laughs> right. So that's um, Cam Weldon, True City. Every week we'll be uh, kept up to date with what's happening on the pitch at the club. Perhaps we'll get Alex Black on sometime in the next few weeks to hear what might be happening off the off the pitch as well. But uh, yeah, one one for the diary. Right. Yes, right. So. Rest of the episode, Rappo. No apologies for this uh, to everyone listening. It's the Western League that we're concentrating on this Friday because they start this coming Saturday. Yeah. Uh, the first league to get going, July the uh, 30th, isn't yeah. it? So, um, July, yeah. yeah, that's right. And, uh, well, we're going to start with talking at Millbrook. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Maka. A, a new series, a new season, um, new management team there at Millbrook as well. Yeah, it's been a it's been a busy summer here at Millbrook. Um, I mean, it normally is to be fair in, in one way, shape, or form, but slightly different one this year. But yeah, we're we're looking forward to things, and we think we're ready to go. <laughs> well, we'll soon find out. But um, before we, we talk about your, your new players and, and all that sort of thing, I, I've got to ask you about Mark Pratton. It well, came out of the blue a little bit that he's uh, stood down as chairman. Yeah, yeah. Um, disappointing. Um, really disappointing couple of weeks when everything was going on there. And, uh, yeah, I was obviously gutted. Got a really close relationship with Mark, as, as probably most people know. And, yeah, I'm not going to... Um, it's a fine line, isn't it? I don't want to necessarily air too much dirty laundry in public, but also I appreciate that um, I don't really want to insult the intelligence of people that understand that when a decision like that is taken and it's so sudden that there's normally something behind it. So, yeah, I think Mark has also been such a huge cog in the wheel over the last five or six years, and at times the only cog in the wheel. Um, he uh, He is probably in that time taken a lot of heat and, and felt a lot of pressure because it's, it's not always been easy and and I spoke to him um, on the Tuesday after training it was and, and he said that he or he sent me a message saying that he had decided to step down but I've had that message quite a few times in the last five <laughs> or six years um, and so I just assumed it was going to be one of those kind of moments where he just needed a week or two as a, as a bit of a breather um, and he would be straight back at it but 
he um, it, it was a little bit different this time and, and I've got to be honest I'm not overly sure of the ins and outs because I'm not as heavily involved as I was previously kind of like with the, the running of the club and things like that and the decision making process in the club um, but Mark insisted that we that we respected the decision and, and that was that and, and I spoke to him a few times and just, and just told him just to hold fire I kind of thought it was uh, he was obviously not particularly happy and, and I just said you don't really want to be making decisions when you're, you're thinking like that but he'll be a huge loss um, and, and I hope that in time um, that, that he will obviously come back and and partake in some kind of role because like I said to the committee in when it was all going on um, you can't afford to lose someone like that he's, he's, he's got the ex- such huge experience and, and he's been with me obviously since the Edgecombe days so he's, mm. he's kind of he's been with it at every single level um, and so he's the person with the answers really the questions that I have I go straight to him and and, uh, and, and his problem solves generally um, very quickly so um, so, so I hope that in time that he um, he just takes the, the time that he needs and, and things can be kind of smoothed over and, and, and there can be a role for him and it doesn't necessarily have to be the chairman's role. So I don't, to be honest, I don't necessarily think it's the role. He doesn't really enjoy the role of chairman. He's just he, he he's just always done it and. I mean, I saw some pictures that you put up on Facebook the other day, and that's generally what the club looked like when when we came in. And and the reason why it looks like it does now is because of what Mark has done in that time um, as chairman. And and I think that there's probably a, a role there that might suit him a little bit better, where there's not so much kind of um, kind of not pressure, but some of the stuff that he probably doesn't really enjoy doing as much but he, we've got to respect his decision if, if anyone if anyone has earned the right to make a call like that it's him um, and, and yeah hopefully in time he, uh, he we'll see him back down at Jenkins and, and doing what he does best yeah certainly he's, he's done a, a lot of hard work there at uh, Millbrook hasn't he over the last what six years or so so uh, we wish him the best um, uh, it's a crazy game though Maka because at the start of the summer we actually well I say we, the, the football, lo, local football world thought it might not be Mark Pratton leaving Millbrook, but it might have been Macca Brown. Did, did that job at Saltash ever sort of, did you ever fancy it? <laughs> I was going to say, was he going to sack me, was he? Um, <laughs> it's been a bit of a mad summer, to be fair. Um, and and look, the, the, back, the back end of, of last season was was tough um, I think everyone could see that from our results and, and jumping into the Western League was always going to be a huge challenge for the club um, and it was frustrating at times I mean, by Christmas I think it's probably, probably common, knowledge, common knowledge that the club didn't run out of money but it certainly run out of budget, money in terms of a budget um, and, and so you're trying to compete at a level where <laughs> you need that to help and then we lost players through injury and things like that we weren't able to replace them because we didn't have any means to replace them with um, and then the knock-on effect of that was what we saw towards the back end of the last season and I think the club needed a massive refresh um, the squad needed to be re-energised it needed change and I've got to admit I considered I kind of thought does that include me um, and this was kind of a month six, seven, eight weeks before the end of the season we were going to places we were getting beat and, and, uh, and I was just thinking maybe I've taken this as far as I can um, 
and yeah, there were there were different opportunities and, and options maybe in the summer from from people and, and clubs that I've got uh, an incredible amount of respect for. Um, but ultimately, I, I do wonder as well whether that was something that put a little bit of kind of you know, added added to the pressure that, that Mark was perhaps under. Um, but ultimately, I, I had a conversation with Mark, and, and he. He, he, we do this because of the people that are involved ultimately, and and that's what local football is. You can jump from any club or any club to any club, and and ultimately you, you do it for the people. And the people have got Millbrook to where we are now, and I don't think there's a club in Cornwall or Devon that's made the strides that we have in the last five or six years that have made the progress. And actually, like I said all year last year to the players, that it's kind of not about now, but it's where we're going to be in the future, and it's a learning curve, disappointments, and the club probably earned the right to have that as well. And and there was frustrations that maybe that I was feeling from the club, or or kind of how hard it was towards the back end of the season. But in a way, they deserve to be able to make those not mistakes, but to to, to kind of feel that experience and learn from that experience. So the conversation I had with Mark, and that's why. I was Point that he stepped away because there were different options that, that I could have gone in a different direction, and, and, and I was kind of assured by Mark and, and the others that actually everything was kind of, and, and it has been great. It has been great. It's been a completely a complete breath of fresh air this summer, uh, and I'm really optimistic and positive. I just wish Mark was part of that, and one of the reasons why I did kind of say, okay, let's go again, because everyone knows how how you have to find that energy to go again um, was because of the people that were involved so a couple of weeks after that when, when Mark stepped away obviously that made it a little bit harder to stomach but I think um, yeah there, there, there were options but it's um, it's been a mad summer in all respects regarding that <laughs> Right anyway let's talk about the season to come uh, pre-season friendlies uh, am I right in saying you've won every game? Yeah yeah it's, it's, gone, it's gone well so far um the we, we, we've obviously not necessarily tested ourselves against clubs from a higher level, um, but we, there's not too many clubs higher than us, so it's quite difficult to get those games in. Um, and you obviously can't play the the clubs that are really in the same division as you. Uh, but we've played what we would consider to be the best teams locally, and yeah, it's been quite convincing. And um, we've had a good pre-season and I think you always ask the question have we had that real problem yet while we've been tested because it is such a fresh and new squad um, but ultimately the biggest problem that we had was, was integrating everyone together and, and bringing, bringing everything together in, in the Millbrook fashion in the Millbrook way and everyone buying into it so that was always our biggest kind of ch- challenge over the course of this summer and it's gone really well and regardless of our result on Saturday against Sherbourne um, I feel like as manager that we're in a really good place things couldn't have really gone any better um, and, and that's all we can ask at this moment in time with what we've got and we'll see what, what happens next Saturday on, on the back of our preparations over the last few weeks but yeah the results have been good um, whatever that is, I mean it does matter you, you want a winning you want a winning mentality you want players to want to win games and that's what we've seen and, and yeah we've, we've done some we play some good stuff right well tell us about some of your new players that we're going to be seeing there at Millbrook um, yeah I mean there's quite a few um, we've actually got more new faces than, than old faces that remain from last year um, well like I've already touched upon um, I think the squad did need re-energising it needed refreshing 
Um, so that was always something that was kind of high on the priority list. But off the pitch as well, I mean, I know the first thing you said was obviously a new management team, mm. um, bringing in Lee and Gary. They've obviously they they add so much value um, already. And towards the end of the season, it was just me really at times at Millbrook. I was up the street on my own really, and and, and that was an absolute shambles. So it it was it was really necessary to get that support in. And 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 Lee has come in and, and it's been fantastic regarding the coaching uh, and the support that he's given. And, and Gary, there isn't too many people around locally that that have, I mean Gary's been involved with local football for 20 years, so so he's got great experience and and with that brings fresh faces and fresh contacts that they have. Um, we've got a lot of young players um, that, that that have joined the club, 17, 18 years old, and, and that was always going to be kind of like a, a bit of a risk because until that first pre-season game, you don't really know whether um, they're ready, but the signs are really good and uh, we're really excited about them. Um, and amongst that, we've got one or two guys that have been... Um, at other clubs at a peninsula level and, and they're looking to step up in, in Hayden and in uh, and Callum Kenny so Caleb Summerfield so we're really looking forward to bringing everyone together and, and hopefully we can hit the ground running and of course the, the, the players you've lost one of them is Ricky Shepherd um, a huge number of goals for you last season before he got injured uh, that's going to be some player to replace though isn't it it is, and, and yeah, the guys that we've lost, we've, we've obviously lost Sam Orkham and, and Ricky and Payne, uh, and they have contributed so much over the last four or five years, um, and I'm close with all of them, and I'm obviously disappointed to, to lose all of them, we didn't want it to happen, Ricky was always going to happen, um, the, 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 the season that he had, or the half season that he had, really, if you think about it, he got injured mid-January, um, he could have gone at any point. He was getting offers every other day throughout the season, uh, and, and, he, and he remained loyal to us, um, and, and I'm grateful for that. And, and I really do kind of wish him. You know, he, he's he's hot property. He's the he's the best around as far as I'm concerned, and, and I think he's got five or six, seven years in front of him now where he can really go and push himself and be one of the the best players uh, in the local area and play as far as he wants to, really. Um, uh, Payne's a little bit different. He's he's obviously kind of not. I'm not going to say he's at the back end of his career, but he's kind of 30, 31 years old, and he's always been incredibly loyal to us. And to all point before, I think they're the only two clubs he's played for. Um, and so when Mr. Massey came knocking on his door, I think it was a, an offer that he couldn't really refuse, especially because we just bought a house. <laughs> um, so so yeah, I couldn't even pers- I didn't even try and persuade him to stay because when he showed me the the offer that he had the words that come out of his mouth and, and the thing about Payne is he says it how it, how it is and, and he makes no apologies for that and it was just an offer too good to turn down so um, and Morks was a little bit different Morks I was disappointed with really because he's only 21, 22 and, and for the last three or four years he's, he's made huge strides with us and I was looking forward really to kind of kind of reaping the benefits of that in the next couple of years And uh, but again we're, we're, we've almost been victims of our own success really in that we always kind of did things and we kind of operated in the shadows a little bit and not many people knew too much about us but when um, Ricky scoring 26-27 goals in the Western League then naturally that brings attention to it and and or Tom got selected for Cornwall towards the end of the season as well and, and I think that makes it then a little bit harder for clubs like us and these guys that were playing for nothing last year um, at times, so it, it was um, so yeah. It's very difficult to keep hold of them, but but no, they uh, we, we wish them well. We're certainly not going to slam the door on the way out, and, and if it doesn't make 
doesn't work for them, then they know that, that, that they're always um, the door will be open at Millbrook. But, but yeah, we wish them well. It's going to be like Christmas every Saturday for them, isn't it? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, a, it's the thing is, it's a new challenge for them, and I think, like, for me, like, I would have liked to have seen Rick push himself a bit higher. I think he had options to do so, uh, and and I, I think that he, he, he could have done, but, but you've got to respect, the, these are, we've all kind of played the game, and, and you've got to make your own decisions, and, and uh, that's what these guys have got to do, and, and look, Rick will go down there, and he scored 27 goals for us last year, um, and he played three or four months, so so he, he should be hitting 30, 35, 40 goals for them next year, without a shadow of a doubt, and, and good luck to him. Mm. Okay, I also see that you've appointed a new captain, obviously, because Tom Payne was your captain, he's gone, new captain is Jack Wood, now, what makes a good captain? Um, to be fair, what makes a good captain is probably nothing to do with really what happens on the pitch, um, especially at local level. Like I think I, I do think it's a really key role at local level. So at the professional game, maybe it's quite straightforward, but it's just setting an example and setting standards and actually be it. Jack, Jack's. I've got such. A great relationship with Jack and um, it's really kind of he's almost like the manager on the pitch and he has been for a few years Paney was a different kind of captain Paney was the the guy that you turn to for for kind of those moments when he needs to score a league winning penalty which he did and stuff like that whereas um, whereas Jack's a a different character and yeah you just look for someone who's going to kind of support your ideas and, and set that example and just be a good influence and I think it's important this year because we've got such young players um, Jack's been involved for four or five years at Millbrook now um, as has Jason who's, who's a vice captain and, and they know what the club is about and so in terms of integrating the new lads to the squad um, they'll play a big part in that and they'll set the standards and and, uh, and they'll kind of create the environment and hopefully run the changing room a little bit and, um, and no, they'll be great they'll be absolutely great Great. They, they were kind of operating as captains anyway, so we, we're lucky that we've got a few people that, that uh, have got those uh, that leadership, those leadership skills. Right. Well, you had your first season, obviously Western League last season. You finished twelfth. Twelve months on, are you in a better position now than you were this time last season? Yeah, I think so. I think we're, we're optimistic, and, and we, a few of us are obviously still involved. Had the experience of the Western League. Um, so, so we kind of know what to expect whereas this time last year nobody did but I also think our squad's stronger um, and obviously you're never really going to know until the, the ball starts rolling next Saturday um, but I think we're stronger I look at us as a as a, as a setup, and I look at us as a squad um, and we've got 20, 21, 22 players uh, that, that are around and I think that we're in a much, much better place and of course We'll miss the lads that have left and the goals that obviously Rick scored, but we'll just find other ways. We've replaced them and we move on and we're positive about that. We've got hunger in the squad again and and it's been re-energised as I've said a few times so so we're looking forward to it we've got some we've got another tough start as you always do we've got the, the FA Cup as well and the FA Vars and, and it'll be relentless for that first two, two months or so but um, I think we're in a we're in a good place Yeah your opening game as you mentioned just now Sherbourne um, they're newly promoted so <laughs> that could be a tricky one couldn't it absolutely I mean I remember we were like for our first game of the season last year we played Mausel uh, and they'd already played on Saturday they came up to us on Tuesday night and in that first half we were fantastic 
Um, we were absolutely fantastic. And we didn't end up winning the game, but it was certainly one of the best performances, especially in that first half. And so that's what you expect. Um, you're going up there away from home. Sherborne has just been promoted. They're going to be flying. Um, and so, so you have to, and you have to obviously hit the ground running. Um, so it'll be a tough game. And then I think from there we've got Falmouth, who, who are going to be in a similar situation to we were last year, and Torpoint and Helston and the like. So it's yeah, the, the games come thick and fast, and they're all challenging. Yeah, it's going to be another challenging season. What, what? Uh, before I let you go, what was the best thing from last season for you? And don't, um, and don't say the last game. <laughs> No, I, to be fair, the, the one moment that stands out and it will stand out forever was the the six four six four game against Saltash in the <laughs> FA Cup, probably just being three 0 down. And I mean, it's, we're we're so lucky that it was filmed and it's on YouTube because that would just hopefully be there forever. But it was, yeah, that was that was magic. And but every every to be fair, every week, I mean, we look back at that season last year and. Um, we, we we won 12 games and I think uh, we kept about 11 or 12 clean sheets. So the season on a whole was good. It was split into three sections for us, really. The, the, the top, start was tough. We had a really brilliant period in the middle where I think we won team of the month as well. I think we won about eight or nine games mm. on the spin. Um, and then the back end was quite difficult. But it's all a challenge. Like I think in the long run, that back end will prove to be the most important part because it obviously opened our eyes to what needed to happen. But no, that game against um, that game against Saltash was was special really and, uh, and yeah that we one that none of us will ever forget well let's hope you have many unforgettable moments this coming season Maka thanks for coming on the podcast and uh, well we'll catch up with you soon no doubt yeah no problems thanks Dave your Cornish podcast right so first man uh, on the podcast this season Maka Brown manager Millbrook and few changes have uh, gone on at um, Jenkins Park, haven't they, Rapper? They have, Diggs, haven't they? On, on and off the pitch, mate, really. Um, well, like you said, Diggs, a big loss, really, losing Mark as chairman, mate. I mean, I mean, he practically saved the club single-handedly, mate, didn't he, five or six years ago? And, I mean, look where the club is now. So, you know, real shame. And, you know, I hope he's back in football sooner rather than later, really, Diggs. You know, Mark's got a lot to offer, hasn't he? And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a real shame that, mate. But but on the on the plus side, I mean, the clubs retain Maka really. You know, I know there was a lot of interest in him, mate, wasn't there? As a as a manager, he, you know, he's always comes on here really articulate. You know, I always enjoy listening to him speak, and you know, well, he he continues to to punch the club above, above his weight, really deep, doesn't he? In, in my opinion, I mean, and they've had some. Pretty impressive pre-season results as well, Dix, really. Like, you know, I know Macca said they haven't played anyone sort of in, in leagues above, but, I mean, they've beaten St. Austell 6-1, Bobman 4-1, you know, etc. So, I know there was a, a defeat at Sticker the other night, mate. I'm not, I'm not sure what sort of team, you know, I don't know. It doesn't mean anything, Dix, does it really, anyway, mate? You know, but Macca, you know, he's got a completely new team, mate, and... and you know, on on and off the pitch, really, Deeks. So, and it he seems to have jailed it, mate. Big losses, Deeks, and it. Tom Payne, Ricky Shepherd, big losses, mate. You know, two big players. But I suppose it's a chance, mate, for someone else to come in and step up, mate, to the plate. And I'm sure Maka will know what he needs as the season progresses, Deeks. And I mean, tough start, really, at Sherbourne, mate, isn't it? It's just, just come up as Division One champions, Deeks, aren't they? So it's a tough old start, isn't it, on Saturday? 
Yeah, so it'd be interesting to watch uh, some of those new signings. Callum Kenny is an interesting signing. Yeah, yeah, scored a few goals as well, I think, hasn't he? Pre-season, so... I always, yeah, I always look upon him as being a, a hard-working forward, but not not a 20-goal-a-season man. I, I know exactly what you mean, Dix, yeah. I, in, in fact, mate, I said that the other... I was watching Blazy the other night, Dix, and I said exactly the same thing to Sweeter about Luke Cloak, Dix. I yeah. mean, like, like, yeah, I mean, Ed's, you know, like, you, you know what you get with Ed's, mate, don't you? He's quick, lively, and, you know, if he goes through one-on-one, you, you're pretty sure he's going to finish. But but Luke Cloak, mate, the other night, I mean, I've watched him probably about four or five times now over a couple of seasons, Dix, and, and he works his socks off, mate. You know, he must, must be great to play up front with, you know, brilliant foil for Ed's, I reckon, mate, and um, works his socks off, Dix, and, you know, Gets back at, but but he looks like one of them strikers, mate, that needs five chances to score a goal. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I might be being a bit harsh on him, really, but but the two matches definitely in pre-season, he's probably had ten chances in those two games, mate, and he and he scored two goals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but a great player, mate. You know, I mean, he he does other things, Dick. So, but you know, they used to say that about Andy Cole, mate, didn't they? Takes yeah. you know. He needs five chances to score a goal, but but yeah. So I know what you're saying, mate. One of those sort of strikers, mate. Any, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's let's move from Millbrook to Saltash, shall we? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. They've done well, Dicks, haven't they? Saltash crackers in pre-season, mate, and they crikey. <laughs> well, let's hear from the man. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, Shane Crack. Uh, Top man, Dave. Cheers, mate. Yeah, I've heard about it. The boys have mentioned one or two things. Um, <laughs> All good, I hope. Yeah, yeah, funny little things I've heard. Yeah, so yeah, I'll go with it. <laughs> right. Well, we've got you on. Obviously, you're uh, you're part of a new management team up at Saltash. Um, how did it all come about? It come around. Me and Danny, we mentioned a yap before about certain things here and there. Um, and then I just thought I knew I didn't want to play no more, Dave. I had a guts full of playing. I'd, I had no love for it, but I always knew I'd be a gaffer at some stage. I just didn't know how soon. And then, um, obviously, Dane got the bullet. Um, and then Danny, me and Danny spoke about it. I said, you're not an half fancy that, you know? So me and Danny spoke about it. I had a little, um, little meet-up, rattled out a few things. Obviously, we see the game very similar. And then it was that. It would just come together very quick. So, have you got any experience in managing? I've done kids' team for about three years, Dave. Um kids for three years to be fair and I, I was quite successful but as a man manager of a, of a man's team nah, nothing nothing at all right so a bit of a new experience because obviously with the kids you, you've got to stay calm and sort of positive nah, haven't you? I was no different Dave honestly I treated those 14 year old kids no different as I treat a man exactly oh, the same ah blimey did you uh, have the old bleeper out then or what yeah yeah I just went with it Dave I'll be honest you know what I'm like I don't um, I don't mince my words so I'll just treat the kids as little men, and I thought this only is a time and a place when you're out football, you've got to learn to win. Take bollockings, take your compliments, and it is what it is. Do you get a bit fed up when you, because I know I do, when you read all this thing about coaching youngsters, whatever, and you, you've got to, you know, you can't criticise, can you? But that's part of the game, isn't it? Ah, uh, Dave, honestly, it goes right through me. Um, I can't handle people who can't take criticism in life, let alone in football. Um, listen, we all mess up. And when you mess up, people need to be told, and that's it. So, 
obviously, you had to, I, I think really you had to pack up playing because of injury, didn't you, more than anything? Nah, David, oh, no, I was fine in the end, I just wasn't good enough. Oh, right. I wasn't good enough, I wasn't good enough to play at the level I want to play at, and, um, and in the end, it just, yeah, I was, I was looking, I mean, performances that pre-season when I, when I wrapped up, and I was doing here, I was way off it. Do you know what I mean? I was getting round ragged by midfielders, or I shouldn't be getting round ragged by, and I just, you got, you got to know when, you've, when you're not good enough, Dave, and too many people don't. Right. So, uh, uh, how are you going to tell Danny, then, when, he, when he's not good enough to be playing? Because he's a joint manager with you. Yeah, we've had an open combo about this. So he said to me, um, he said, Shane, you're the only one that'll end me. He said, I'll only listen to you. He said, but I'm going to be honest with you. For me, at the minute, if I had a cup final tonight, Danny starts. Do you understand? So, with what I've seen pre-season, he still plays all day long. Good, because uh, he, he picked up an injury, didn't he? Right at the end of last season. Yeah, he mentioned that to me. I, I, was, I was oblivious to it, but he did mention um, he had an ankle injury or something. But he's come back pre-season, fit as a fiddle. Still one of the fittest at the club. Um, yeah, he's been good. And for me, he's been solid. Obviously, we've had a very tough pre-season schedule. Um, we've played some big sides. Obviously, we've held our own. Um, but he's been upset for me. He's been solid in every game we've played. Right. Now, pre-season, obviously, you mentioned it. Um, You've you played the likes of Tavistock, Truro, Tiverton. You've got partway tonight. We're talking on Monday. Um, tough games. So, is that what you wanted as pre-season friendly? Yes. Honestly, when I've seen the pre-season schedule, obviously, Gaffer um, before he's done it, he's had the schedule done. So, fucking fair play to him, really, for... Um, for sticking the scheduling because he's done us a favour I needed a test you know when you go into a new environment Dave and whatever you do in life I need to see if my boys that could stand up to the fight are they going to want to go run do they want to go and press do they, have they got the bollocks to go and get on the ball and play and for me our lads have done that do you understand we've done it and we've shown that we want to be better than we have you know and hopefully going into the pre-season he'll stand us in good stead it's been a tough. Um, well, I guess it's been a tough pre-season because all the pitches I look at, they look so so dry, so bone hard. Oh, it must be difficult. Honestly, honestly, Dave, some of our lads are like tinting. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, honestly, it's been unbelievable. But it, listen, it's, that's pre-season, Dave, and it's that's what it is. So they've got to get on with it, graft on, don't moan, and just get those minutes in their legs. And what about training? I mean, how, how hard did you push them? Yeah, we a lot of our trainers have been. Listen, we have done yo-yo tests. We've done obviously the standard science, and we've done jump maxes. We've done 10, 20, 30 meter sprints. We've done what we need to do. We've done obviously a lot of figure of eights. We've done a little bit of old school running, but not too much. A lot of our stuff. Me and Danny's obviously want a lot of teams to be fit this year, so emphasising on when they're out of possession, going pressing the ball backs in the right areas, and then we've done a lot of like fitness based around drills like that. Mm. Um, which is, you know, I don't think some of the lads were used to it, but a lot of them stuck to it. In the old days, you, you didn't used to see a football, did you, for about four uh, uh, Dave, training I was sessions? This, I was saying this to a few of them, like, it's the first pre-season I've not done this year in 20 years. Right. And I said, I've had pre-season. I remember John Clarkson was at Tiverton. Yeah. All he had was that we had, he had a whistle. And for about two, three weeks, bearing in mind, you had all ex-pros there at the time, Steve Tully, loads of them. He was just blowing whistles. <laughs> and we just running. And I thought, I thought I was, like, I was in like a field full of sheep. <laughs> Honestly, it's mental. <laughs> mental. Honestly, it's the craziest pre-season I've ever had. Because now, it, there seems to be so many friendlies that, I mean, like yourselves, you, you would have played, what, five games before you start on Saturday? Yeah, I, I just think games these days, you see a lot of patterns of play, shape, in possession, out of possession. You see what you want from your team. And 
when you have a game on a Saturday and a Tuesday, you've got time on a Thursday in pre-season to get them back in and what you think go well, you can work on it. I just think because of the levels we're at, you can't ask the people to come in and train three times a week because the money's not there. Mm. So I just think you've got to make the most of it pre-season, especially with us being a new management team. Me and Danny's got to get our ideas across quite quick. Yeah, is there any pressure, added pressure on you? Because, let's be fair, Stone Ash finished fourth last season. That's, that was a good good ending. Uh, you guys have got to do better. Possibly, yeah. Like I don't think fourth is good at any position. I'll be honest with you. I don't think finishing fourth is an achievement. Um, and that's, I know people would say, oh, that's harsh, but I don't, I don't work like that, Dave. Do you know what I mean? Like, I get this, and all you've got to do is improve on what you've ever took over. Um, listen, you've got, you can, you've always got to go into every season thinking you're going to challenge and do you understand you can compete? And that's how you've got to be. But to finish fourth, mate, if any of my lads seen that as an achievement, mate, I'd be disgusted. All right. So, top or nothing for you? Not even that. I'm not putting anything on it. Listen, you've got a lot of money going around the league. Jake's done a superb job down at Mosu. He's got a proper outfit there. Passed the ball absolutely. He's not even normal how well they passed the ball. Do you understand? Mm. Um, and he's got a top team. For me, they're the favourites you know, as I see it. Then obviously you've got Bridgewater, a huge club um, with big resources. You have Helston, obviously, with their finances. And then Matty's gone down there. They'll be a, they'll be a lot stronger outfit. And then I think you have ourselves coming in behind and maybe a, few, maybe a couple of others, Shep the Mallet. Um, and listen, football's football, Dave. You can't predict nothing. All you've <laughs> got to do is, is make sure you've got to drill your teams week in, week out, and they stipulate what you want. You understand? That's it. Yeah. You mentioned a lot of the Cornish sides. Uh, I think our Cornish sides would do pretty well this season, won't they, in the Western League? Uh, yeah, I think, Jakey, I think what he's done down Mosul's class, to be honest. I remember right down the last year, I feel like that was one of the games that made me want to retire. <laughs> These um, midfield free give us a run around. Um, I don't know, mate. I think they're favourites because they, they train. He's drilled them. They're all but full time, isn't they? To a certain extent, is that right? Well, they they do training twice a week. Yeah, that, that's right. And I think what he's put together there is, like I said, he, he, they've had 12 years' experience from last year in the Western League. A lot of their young boys would have been smashed around. They'd have probably stayed up street. They'd be a bit more streetwise this year. And I think that'll be the difference. I, you know, I, I think he knows they're probably in good stead this year. So Mazel play, they play nice-looking football, they, they play it on the deck. How are you yep. going to describe Saltash? What's your style of play going to be? We're gonna be we're, we're, we will play in the right areas. We will play in the right areas. We will not pass up our own ass. They've got to run all over us, yeah? yeah. And they've got, to physically, they've got to physically demand us. Because every game I'll be rolling out sides that are going to be competitive to the end. Right. And players that you've brought in, um, you know, tell us a, bit, a little bit about some of those. Yeah, so Cobb, obviously he's a salt ash boy. He's the one I wanted back straight away because he's a proper fella. Um, he's a nice person, first and foremost. Um, he's a ball-winning centre-half that there ain't many around no more, and he typifies what Western League's about. So he was a no-brainer. Jake Minner's come in with arrogance, class top player. Good person off the pitch, fit as a fiddle, um, and brings a different type of characteristics. As Salt Ash is a football club, probably needed a bit ten years ago, and they've never had it. Mm. Um, Mike Smith, um, unpredictable striker slash winger, come in, works his ass off, listens to instructions, up superb in the air, scores big goals, turns up in big games. And the over season is very, very effective at these levels. Adam Carter is Adam Carter. I don't really need to say a lot. He also goes at whatever level. Um, 
and who else is it? Callum Merrin, we've just signed him from Ivy Bridge, 17 year old. He plays as a 10. Um, he scored 10 goals last year at Ivy Bridge. He's a very good link man. He's one that I think will come on leaps and bounds in the next 12 months. What are you, what are you going to do about goalkeeper? I see you've signed Jordan Duffy, haven't you? Are you going to stay with two goalkeepers or what? Listen, we're, we're kind of just going with it at the minute, Dave, if I'm honest. Um, we're going with it and Jordan's done well. Rick's obviously been there for years and we're kind of just going with it pre-season and start the season and, you know, we're not going to rush into a decision yet and just see how it goes. Right. And uh, your description of Jake Miller, arrogance, is that the sort yeah. of player you like? I, I, I think to be successful, every good footballer needs to have a slight touch of arrogance. Um, and for me, he's a, he's a winner, he, he don't like losing, he demands off others. So some players these days, they either soft, they can't be told. I don't want my players being like that. Do you yeah. understand? Listen, if they've done something wrong, tell them. Right. Not show them. Tell them they've done something wrong because I don't think players at this, these levels they can not be told. Everyone needs to be told. And with 20 years old of experience of playing in the game, you've obviously been playing under a lot of managers. Some little things from each of them sort of rub off on you, don't they? 100. percent I've played for some good managers. I've played for some poor managers. I've had some poor ones, <laughs> but I've had some good ones. Um, and the, the good ones I had, yeah, I've absorbed loads. It's, 25 years of experience David you're going to um, you're going to take something yeah. who are the better ones you've, you've played under tactically and technically um, Tolls was more of a man manager Wayne Carlisle was superb um, Gilbs was a winner he's in the way he, he, he tried to get you up for games in, do you understand in the way he was yeah. um, and I've had, I've had different managers like I said at our level I still think irrelevant of him being my friend. I still think the way he is, Lee Hobbs, the way he manages, in my opinion, is still very, very effective. Um, he's always built good management teams around him, and he's very clever in what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I absorb me and him are very similar characters, so we see things very, we see it the same way a lot of the time. Good stuff. Right, well, Clevedon on Saturday, how's it going to go? I don't know. Like I said, I, I do know a lot about them. Um, I've played them. I've seen the Western League for three years, didn't I? Mm. Um, and I know the way they play. They try and play. They play a four-three-three. I've had a report sent to me on them. Um, and that's it. Listen, they're, they're quite a young team. They've been together on and off for three years. Uh, Dave, it's, it's Western League football, Dave. Yeah, and I keep saying it. You don't need to complicate things at Western League level. <laughs> um, you, it, it is what it is, Dave. And you know you've got to stand up and have a fight every game. And once you stand up, once you have a fight every game, then your class will always come out on top if you win the battle first. Interesting, you say about you don't need to complicate things. Do you think actually nowadays with all these analysis of games that we we do that too much? I think at the levels that I think from Southern Prem up, I think it has to have that respect, and I think. Botsies, Ulysses, Tibbies, and all that. I think you have to be the best you can be at that level because I think your attention to detail at those levels, because there's a bit more class in there's the better attacking players, they can hurt you out of blink of an eye. Yeah? Mm. Whereas at our levels, I disagree. I don't think it needs to be complicated, but it's an everyone's in their own. This is only about opinions. Wow, that's the beauty of the game, isn't it? It is, it is, like you said. Some, some are text managers, some are work off experience. It depends. And interesting, you mentioned Mosul there because I've just realised you've got them midweek, haven't you? Yeah, I think we're away. Is we away as well? Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice Jake, little Jake trip. Jakey's pulled, <laughs> pulled that one out of the bag, isn't he? <laughs>
but, uh, but anyway, look, Shane, I know you're a busy man. Occasionally work does come first, I assume. Yeah, it always comes first. Listen, you've always got to make sure you've got a nice life, Dave, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. So what are you looking for? If I had to pin you down, what do you want out of this season? All I want is my lads to turn up game in, game out, and be at it. That's it. I'm predicting nowhere where we think we're going to finish. I ain't carrying no statements of we're doing this and we're doing that. You won't hear nothing out of me all year. But as long as they turn up every game, then I'm happy. That's it. And Danny, like I said to you, me and Danny drill ourselves on being competitive. Do you understand? We drill ourselves on being organised. We drill ourselves on being uh, competing in the final third of the, you know, creating chances. And listen, we, we've we've put a lot of things in place this year that hopefully will, you know, it'll, it'll do us a lot of benefits towards the end of the year. Yeah, and we mustn't forget Lee Bevin. You've brought him in, I believe, as a coach, haven't you? Yeah, Bevs has come in. He's, he's a great character. He's me and Danny, he's, he's close, obviously, I've been close to him for years, he's, he's been around football his life, he's he's well respected from the lads, he's come in and he's fitted in like a glove, to be honest, Dave, but we knew that anyway, he was, um, you know, honestly, we, we knew he'd come in and he'd be different class. Right, well thanks very much Shane for coming on the podcast, we'll uh, obviously be watching what happens at Soldash with great interest, as we do with all our Cornish clubs, and uh, have a good one. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Top man. Cheers for your time. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Right then, Rappo. Well, our newbie of the new season is um, Shane Crack. Now, 10, 12 weeks ago, we wouldn't have been expecting that, would we? No, no, I didn't expect it, mate. I didn't expect it. You know, you still sort of think, you think of, like, Crackers, mate, you, you think of him as a, you know, still got a bit to offer as a player, don't you, mate, really? You know, but... Like well, not according said, to him. Not according to him. No, no, I mean, no. He's straight as a die, anyway. <laughs> you, you've got to love him, mate. You? You've got to love, you know, listening to him. You, he's, he's straight as a die, isn't he? And if, you know, if if Shane thinks he's not playing up to his high standards, mate, and that's it for him, mate. You know, he, he knows better than anyone, doesn't he, what he's capable of. And But, I, you know, I really enjoyed listening to him. He's a good interview, mate. Pretty refreshing, mate. <laughs> not too many... Like crackers, really around, isn't it, mate? You yeah. know, comes on, <laughs> says it as it is, and I mean, they played some really tough teams, aren't they? Pre-season, that you know, like like he said, mate, you know, like teams in higher leagues, and they've more than held their own against all of them, mate, haven't they? They've either won, sort of drew, or, or sort of lost narrowly to like your Tiverton's, Parkways, Choros, mate. I mean, your Tavistocks, they, they they've held their own in every game, mate, and they so. Yeah. You know, more than out their own, mate. So, you know, all coming together well for Crackers, mate, in his first job as a manager. And, and he's already sounding like a manager, isn't he, mate? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right, so uh, I, I'd still like to see what he's like in a change room when it hasn't quite gone their way, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you know what I, I mean. Think- yeah, yeah, definitely. Another sort of Gilby, mate. Oh, 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 well, you said it, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Tough on characters, those two, mate, aren't they? Crackers yeah. and Gilby, mate. <laughs> can you imagine, I mean, can you imagine that, obviously they have been in the same changing room, can yeah. you imagine if one fell out with the other? Cool, crikey, mate. <laughs> you pay that. would be better than uh, AJ and Usyk, mate, wouldn't it? That was... <laughs> You paid for that one, mate, <laughs> wouldn't you? Crikey. Uh, two top blokes, so decent, mate. 
Yeah. You know, great players and obviously Gilbert, you know, went on to great manager as well, mate, didn't he? Like Gilbs, you know, fantastic ways to gonna miss him, mate, and we gonna miss him but but you know, Crackers is a proper character, isn't he, mate? you know, the Cornish well Devon sort of football scene mate, so it's gonna be interesting to see how the season goes at so much, mate, isn't it? Yeah, and if he does half as well as uh, Lee Hobbs that he obviously has got a, a lot of respect for, he's he'll be doing yeah. well, won't he? Oh, fantastic, mate! Yeah, you know what what Obsey's done at Parkway, mate. You know, for anyone that hasn't seen the um, what's it, mate? The Parkway uh, documentary, mate. Was it a four par? Was it think, uh, five? I think, wasn't it five? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, mate. Wasn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. So, yeah, worth a look on YouTube, mate. Anyone who hasn't seen the story of last season, mate, from Portway. And, yeah, yeah, obviously, don't take any prisoners either, mate, does he, really? <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic job, mate. Fantastic job. Brilliant. Congrats um, to them. Right. So, we've just heard from a current Sodash manager, Shane Crack. Obviously, a joint management set up there at uh, Sotash with Danny Lewis. Now we hear from a former Sotash manager. Any idea who that might be, rapper? Got to be Koozie, innit, mate? Who? Got to be Koozie, innit, mate? Oh, Koozie. I thought you said Coomsey. Yeah. I was going to say, who's Koomsey? Yeah. So. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Deeds. Look at I've just looked at our list here, Deeds, all the interviews you've done, mate. Looking at our six teams in the Cornish teams in the Western League, mate, they're all pretty impressive young managers, mate, aren't they? Yeah, they're true. Yeah, they are quite young, aren't they? Mate, you know, the West, Most of Steve Dino, Ashi, Maka, well, Maka, all in there, sort of like 30s, mate, aren't they? I mean, I don't think yeah. there's one even... Uh, well, dare one say it, but is the oldest... Well, no, we won't say it yet. We'll wait until we get yeah. to, to hear from him. But let's, in the meantime, hear from the young Helston manager, Matty Cusack. Yeah. Well, it's a big welcome back onto the podcast uh, for Matty Cusack. What are you doing back talking about Cornish football? Yeah, morning, Deeks. How are you, mate? It's, uh, it's been a few years, hasn't it? Yeah, well, not that long, actually, but it, it uh, you had a little stay up at Parkway, but um, you're back with Helston. Yeah, yeah. Um, my time came to an end at Parkway after this season. I uh, had a chat with me and he felt that he wanted to go into in a new direction and um, he wanted to, to work with, with Carl again who he worked with before I arrived at the club and, and that's fine, I fully respect that um, but if I'm honest, it's done me a favour you know, I, I've really missed being at the helm again and, um, and, and I'm delighted that, that I've now secured a post um, I didn't intend to stay away for long and obviously Helston is the new challenge yeah, I think I did get in touch with you soon after the news coming out from Parkway, and uh, you did say then that it wouldn't be very long, but it, uh, has it been quicker than what you expected? Uh, it, it has in a way. I mean, when when um, you know, the, the news was announced, and, and when I released it on, on Twitter, if you will, um, you know, the, the phone did light up, <laughs> and I had about sort of eight or nine different clubs come in, um, ranging from sort of like steps four to six, really. And um, I was very nearly uh, on my way to Millbrook, if truth be told. Um, I, I spoke with, with Macarano down there, and I've got a high levels of respect for Macca and what he's achieved down there. And, and Millbrook being a former club of mine as well as a player many years ago, I felt that that could have been you know, the, the challenge to get back involved in. But, um, but then, you know, Mass called late in the day and um, put Helston's sort of ambitions across and 
I, I didn't say yes right away. You know, I thought about it for a few days and, and thought about, you know, what am I feeling here? You know, what are my ambitions? And, you know, the more I thought about it, I, I then started being pulled towards the, the Helston project. And, and that's the one um, that I obviously went for in the end. Right. So it's Helston, obviously. Um, I, I'm assuming you've been busy in the last few weeks. Yeah, it's been relentless. Um, I mean, I always remember it being relentless as well. But, yeah, um, obviously having the head coach's role at Parkway, you know, Lee took that side of it away from me, really. Um, you know, that my, my job was just purely to, to, to deal with the, the training ground and, um, you know, the, the match day strategies and stuff like that. So, um, so the, you know, the, the, the management, the, the, the seven days a week management, you know, um, that, that, that was his side of things, really. And so, yeah, but, I, you know, I, I, I've relished it, to be honest. Dave, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. Yeah, it is busy, but I wouldn't do it if I didn't really enjoy it or love it, do you know what I mean? So mm. um, I think you're either one way inclined or not, and then this is, you know, these football managing jobs are something that really gripped me, and um, I, I'm really enjoying it. So, at Helston then, uh, obviously you had chats with Steve Massey in the... No, Steve's role is what, director of football, is it? Yeah, 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 and, and I've seen, you know, I've, I've seen the, the rumours that have gone around, will, will Mass be able to, you know, not get involved, <laughs> will, will he Will he still be inter- interfering, and absolutely not, you know, when I, when I spoke with Mass, um, you know, and, and um, we talked about the roles and responsibilities and how his role would look, you know, I wanted absolute clarity over that um, because obviously if, if I was going to come down and do it I was going to come down and do it my way and um, you know I've got a, I believe that I've got a product that works and um, but but I would need to be given you know the, the time and space to, to do it my way and um, you know Steve and I had good chats at length and um, and, and we've actually become really close as well you know since that time and, and I've got you know the high levels of respect for Steve and and, and yeah, I'm just leaning on him as and when I need him, really. And, and he's now able to focus his attention on the rest of the club. Um, you know, he's really passionate around our junior section, and, and so he's getting involved with that. And, and yeah, we speak sort of daily or bi daily, and um, you know, just for, to update one another on things. But yeah, I'm very much just leaning on him as and when I need him, and, and he's not interfering at all, which is what a lot of the rumours were saying at the time. And um, you know, a, a, a away from that as well, what I would say is that you know, Paul Hendy is the chairman, and um, you between us we, we seem to be working um, collegiately and uh, you know all three of us and, and all headed in the same direction which is what we want for Helston Football Club. So you say you want time and space to do it your way so so how long is that time going to be do you think how, how long is it going to take you to get Helston as a Matty Cusack side? Well, it's already happening it's already happening so um, you know we've had five sessions on the training ground and we've played um, a series of games and I would argue that already we're starting to um, you know, look at our, our identity if you will and um, just, just speaking to some of the players I think they feel that things are a little bit different um, which is I, I guess would be an indication that, that things are evolving and are changing I mean it, it's an ever it's an ever lasting process really and it's not something that that's going to happen overnight um, but but we're certainly heading in the right direction and even since game one um, I, I feel that we've made you know, huge improvements on and off the pitch How long is it going to take you do you think to to, to, do what? to get a successful side down there? How long is it going to take you? Well I mean it depends how you measure, measure success isn't it? If you ask me how long before we're going to win trophies um, then you know I'm not coming here to make the numbers I made that abundantly clear to the players um, you know at, at Saltash it took me 
I think two years before we were competing um, for those trophies and then winning those trophies. Obviously, I went to Parkway where the pressure was on really because finished the I think they finished second. The only place they could go was first, and we achieved that twice. And so um, you know now the challenge is taking a team that finished ninth. I think got to a semi-final last year of the Les Phillips Cup and then perhaps didn't do as well in some of the other cup competitions. So, you know, we'll be measuring our metrics against uh, that. There's the baseline and, and we'll be looking to do better than that. But as I made it you know, abundantly clear to the players, I'm not coming to finish ninth and I fully expect to be competing in every trophy. Now, um, management team, I think you've stuck with what with, was already at Helston, haven't you? I have. And, um, you know, at, at first I... I tried to persuade Adam Carter to come with me from um, Plymouth Parkway. Uh, obviously, Carter's gone across to Saltash, but yeah, I gave him the opportunity to have that hybrid role. He's getting on a bit now, Carter, and um, you know, he has. <laughs> He's going to love you for saying that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he won't mind me saying that. He, he knows um, what I think of him as a player, but um, he has muted. You know, thinking about the transition between playing and coaching, and I thought that I might be able to secure him on that sort of hybrid role where you know he can offer his playing services, but also look to transition into the coaching side of things. Um, but I think he just you know, opted to give it one more go at Saltash, a little bit closer to home so so fully respect that no problems um so yeah so that was the initial one um uh, matt godfrey as well who i worked with closely at parkway um he runs his lads football team up here in plymouth um and they just couldn't secure anybody else to do that so he was really keen but um uh, but yeah but that's obviously not happening now so um and that those were the initial sort of thoughts that i had but then i already knew we had dan in house but i just hadn't met him yet Mm-hmm. And then um, once I met Dan, it became really clear that actually he's the choice I should go for. He's got a great rapport with the players. Um, you know, he knows his stuff. He's actually experienced at that level and the next one above. And um, yeah, he's just a, a good lad and we get on really well. So um, again, we both want the same things for Houston Football Club. So yeah, so he, he became the assistant manager, um, promoted into that role and then haven't looked back really. And pre-season friendlies, how have they gone? Um, yeah, a bit of a mix really, Dave. I mean, to be honest, we went to Oakhampton, um, well, firstly, before I speak about the friendlies, obviously, when you come into post, you've got to see what's, what's there already in place. And there were a couple of friendlies in place, um, but, but not uh, pre-season as I would want it. And so, you know, any manager would tell you that you like to get your business done early so everything can be sorted really before you finish the previous season. Um, and that wasn't quite the case. So I had to act quickly, get what we could. Um, so we've had a range of, of teams from sort of step six really up to, um, you know, as high as step two, which were Taunton. Um, but yeah, a bit, bit of a mix. I, I feel like we've improved game on game. Um, in the first one at Oakhampton, we had a bit of a disastrous start in the sense that we are 3-0 down in the first half. I took 22 players that day and um, we, we played you know two 11s across the half second half was a bit better where they you know we, we scored one and they didn't so um so that that was better but i mean even the preparation for that game just felt a, a bit surreal we had lads that, that were arriving late so couldn't find the ground and things like that and um yeah it wasn't quite um your traditional start to a to a game let alone a pre-season game um so uh so yeah so obviously we, we addressed that the second time around and um, we went to, to camelford um, a much improved performance i felt we dominated the ball with large spells of possession which is what we're looking for and um 
and, and you know we, we won that game if you want to know the outcome but you know the outcomes don't really matter to me too much I mean I, I can only speak of, of my previous experience last year we had an absolutely disastrous pre-season with Parkway and then we went on to win the league so um, you know the outcomes don't really matter in pre-season it's about getting minutes into people you know getting your players through the clean bill of health getting people forming partnerships good habits um, and then just looking how you can improve as you you know you enter the, the, the crucial part of the season being ready for that first game um, we went to Taunton and, and we probably won't play anybody as good as Taunton all year. Um, you know, they're a step two team now. Um, they're extremely athletic. They move the ball well. Um, but we, you know, I think we went down 3-0 on the night. But it wasn't just backs to your wall. We were under a lot of pressure first half. But second half, again, we, we enjoyed good spells of possession. Um, should have scored maybe one ourselves. Had a penalty appeal turned down in the first half, which looked like a stone waller. Breath didn't give it. That happens. Um, but, yeah, no, no qualms about the result. Not, not, you know, none whatsoever. But um, So that, that was a good test for the boys. So we weren't just playing, you know, step six teams or whatever. So we could see what the high levels could do and what we could do against them. Um, and then we've got, uh, what do we do? Tim, Timbridge on, uh, sorry, Tim Murph on, on Saturday. Uh, they came down to us. And, again, we, I felt that we started really well. But we had, we had an in-house game on Thursday. And um, and I just felt that the players looked a little bit jaded on Saturday. We started really brightly, and after about 20, 25 minutes, um, we started to look a little bit jaded. We lost a couple of bodies during the day, um, on the morning of the game through illness, and then we had a couple more that were unavailable through weddings and things like that, with it being wedding season. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we didn't quite have the squad, and, and, and that was probably reflective in, in our overall performance in terms of being able to sustain um, those improvements that we had been making. Um, but it was good, but what was good in that game is we got Ricky Shepherd off the mark um, he got his first goal for the club and he'll be away now and, and you know any striker uh, wants to just get off the mark whether they're new to a club or whether they're at an existing club you know they want to get off the mark as quick as they can in the pre-season it's good for confidence so um, tonight we go to Liscard and what will be our, our final friendly and um, hopefully we'll make progress again um, as we then you know our attention turns towards Bridgewater on the Saturday you mentioned Ricky Shepherd there. He's obviously what, what I would say is your biggest signing so far down there at Helston. The, the signings that have come in: Tom Payne, Jamie Simmons, Jordan Cop, Fred Walter, Isaac Burden, Nathaniel West. Are they your signings, or are they Steve's signings, or, or what? Yeah. So, um, so, so, so Ricky and Tom were actually already on their way to Helston before I arrived. Um, so, so I guess you could say that they were they were massive signings, but. Um, absolutely, I, I would have had them as players. You know, they both represented the county last year, so that can only strengthen an existing squad or team. Um, so, so yeah, so I'm delighted that we got them on board. And then, yeah, Isaac was mine. You know, Jamie Simmons, Jordan Cop as well. Managed to get him um, to, to come down to Helston, and, and you know, and we've got real abundance of, of talent there with those boys. And then on top of that, Fred Walter. Um, was a tip given to me, if you will. Um, so we invited Fred along to training, and he's just gone from strength to strength, and, and doesn't look out of place um, whatsoever. And I can't believe he's only 19 either. So um, yeah, he certainly he plays um, with a, with a maturity um, beyond his years, really, and he's a cracking kid. So um, so yeah, so so yeah, he was a you know, a really positive sign for us. And Nathaniel um, was one that Steve muted. Um, I think they got him in the back end of last season, helped Helston out a little bit. Um, so again, we invited him to the training ground, and, and that actually scored in, in the game against Camelford and caused a few problems when he when he came onto the field of play. So, so yeah, that's where we are right now. Um, perhaps looking for for one or more two additions uh, moving forward, but but we'll attack the, the season with the squad that we've got, and um, you know we'll, we'll be ready for it when it comes on Saturday. I know that you know every manager would say that it, you know if a player comes along 
he's going to be interested in him. You know, do you need some more strikers? Um, I, I think we could probably do with may, maybe one more. Um, looking back on your know, previous season or previous teams, we've operated for different four strikers, um, and we've got the, the two there at the minute. So yeah, we're certainly in the market for, for one more, and um, we were confident that we can get a little bit of business done um, sooner rather than later, and um, and then that will you know give us the, the firepower that we need um, to attack all five competitions, which is what we want to do. And I'm intrigued with this sort of the, the, the roles of you and Steve in the sense that if you know a player or if you want to go after a player, will it be you that goes after him, Matt, or will it be Steve, or how will it work? Uh, it's been me. It's been me. So, so I've been the one making contact. You know, I'll liaise with Steve and just speak to him um, over certain things. Yeah, there might be players that, that are given to me. Uh, names perhaps but which I don't know much about he might do so um, so yeah so, so we, you know, we talk as I say sort of daily really um, about everything Helston and um, and yeah uh, if, if there is a, a transfer target then we'll speak about that for sure um, but you know that he he, he sort of reached out to the, like I said, the Rickies and the Toms before I arrived, really, and, and the Nats, and then he'll just give a suggestion on things. Um, sometimes I won't go with it. You know, he's given suggestions on, on other players, and I've, and I've sort of thought, no, that, that's not what we're after right now. So, and I sort of declined those offers. But, but yeah, we're, we're working really sort of like tight knit, if you will, and uh, we bounce ideas off of each other. And if, if, if you know, if, if there is a, a signing to be made now, I tend to be the one to go to them. Um, um, or have been, and 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 then Steve um, was doing that before I arrived. Really, right. Just a thought. Uh, I mean, I'm, obviously, I know Steve quite well. And is there such a thing as a five-minute call with Steve? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, yeah, not judging by my phone bill. No, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, no, no. He, he's um, yeah, he's been great. I, I tell you what, I've got him into is the old voice notes on uh, WhatsApp. <laughs> oh, right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, he. Uh, he he caught himself out yesterday actually because he's decided to do one to me, but he was munching on Murray mint, so I couldn't really hear what he was saying. But um, but yeah, he's, um, but yeah, he, I've got him into that now as well to, to speed things up a little bit. But um, but now he's great, he's great. You know, he's infectious, mass, and um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying working with him. Well, let's very quickly um, ask about Saturday, Bridgewater yep. at home. Um, yep. They're a much fancied side, aren't they, this season? So could be uh, could be an interesting game. Yeah, yeah. I actually watched them last year at Saltash, just around the corner from where I am now, where I'm living. So, um, yeah, really, really tidy outfit. And I remember playing them against Parkway. I think we beat them four-one at home. Um, but they've got a, you know, an inspired goalkeeper, and uh, he's, he's really top draw for that level of football. Um, Organised unit, um, got a threat on the break, and obviously the boy Taylor up top can score goals. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a t- tough opener for sure. But do you know what, David? I think you know, bring it on. And um, I think every game in that Western League is going to be tough. And I remember when we actually left that league with Parkway, thinking it's probably a good time to get out of there now because there are a lot of good teams coming into the league. And um, I think every week there's going to be a ding dong. And uh, and then I'm, I'm, I'm relishing it. I'm really looking forward to it. And um, you know, it'd be good to see so old um, you know old enemies again if you will um, and, uh, and yeah I'm looking forward to that and then Bridgewater I think they had a few tasty affairs with, with Helston last year looking back through the highlights and stuff I think there was a, at least a, a red card in, in three out of the four games or something like that so oh um, yeah so, so that would be looking, you know, something that we'll be looking to curb it was our players on, on, on one or two occasions but um, but yeah so, so it'll be tough it's certainly a tough opener 
And um, but you know, I don't think they will relish coming to house on the opening day of the season either. No, that's true. And uh, very quickly about the other five Cornish sides in the league, um, we should all do pretty well, I think, shouldn't we? Our sides. Yeah, I mean, you know, welcome on this podcast before. I've said it for many years, haven't I, that, that the sides down here have kind of been stuck at these levels because we're out on a limb. Uh, and now that the FA pyramid is making teams be more aspirational and holding teams to account where possible if you win leagues, um, that's only good for Cornish football. So I fully expect all of the Cornish teams to have a, a positive season. Um, obviously, you can look at Mausel and finishing third last year, Saltash um, as well, had a really, really good season. Um, you know, the, all of those teams that, that, that are going to be looking to, to improve and get one better. Uh, Millbrook have a, a, uh, assembled a really, really strong backroom uh, back team, and I think that's being demonstrated in their pre-season results. So, um, so yeah, and then obviously Tall Point have just come up as well, and uh, and then they all look want to uh, look to prove themselves. They've got a deadly strike force in Ryan and in Curtis. So, uh, so yeah, you know, I, I think it'll be pretty brilliant for Cornish football this year. I really do, and um, I fully expect to see the Cornish sides occupying um, the top half of that table. Now, I know that you're also, quite often you speak to Westy down there at Falmouth. Will you be talking to him so much this season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I bloody forgot my last there, didn't I? Sorry. Well, I very, very politely put, put them in this. Yeah. You'd be listening to this as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, much apologies. Uh, yeah, no, what a season they had last year, by the way. And, um, you yeah, know, West knows what I think about um, what he's achieved at Falmouth. We've got huge levels of respect for him. And, um, you know, he's really taken that club on. And they deserve to be in that Western League as well. And, and you know, um, occupying themselves against, you know, all of the corner sides you just mentioned, but all of the other teams as well. And, uh you know, they've got that 12th man, haven't they? And, and, the, and the huge fan base that they've got down there. And uh, it's going to be a really difficult place to go for every team this season. And, and again, I fully expect them to be in that top, top half of that table and, and competing. And, um, yeah, he's done terrifically well. And uh, I know that his players will probably be relishing that next level of challenge now. Right. Well, you got out of that hole quite well, actually, Matt. So yeah, I'm going to have to send him a message now. I said, mate, bloody hell. <laughs> I, I think he's put me on the, on the spot and I forgot your team. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Uh, He'll be all right, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, we wish you all the best, uh, Matt, for the new season, like we do all our Cornish sides. Um, and no doubt, well, you just can't wait for Saturday now, can you? Yeah, no, and it comes sticking fast. I think we play nine times in August. So <laughs> Is that all? Saturday, obviously, in the last day of July, but I think we play nine times by the end of August. Yeah, all going well in, in every competition. So uh, the game's going to come thicking fast, and we're going to learn lots really quickly. Um, and uh, yeah, just looking forward to it. There'll be lots of twists, there'll be lots of ups and downs. You know, it's team sport, and um, yeah, so, so we'll go from there. Uh, and make sure that you lock the door and don't let Steve in the changing room. <laughs> I think he's going to be up in the gantry, mate. So, uh, so he's got, and um, you know, he's up there now. <laughs> right. Anyway, all the best, uh, Matt. And uh, well, we we'll look forward to seeing how you get on. Cheers, mate. You take care. All the best to wrap as well. Cheers, mate. Take care. Bye. Bye. Your Cornish podcast. Yeah, continuing with our you know, close look at the Western League, uh, our Cornish clubs, uh, Helston's manager, Matty Cusack, got some work to do, by signs of it, uh, from the uh, pre-season friendlies, rapper. Yeah, it looks that way, Deke's done it, I've I, I got to say, mate, I think Matt's got a right old coup, doesn't he, getting Cusy on board, Deke's, you know, I think we was all surprised when he left Portway, weren't we, really? Yeah. Um, didn't see that one coming, really, and, you know, I mean, Cousy's only really known success, Deeks, hasn't he, since becoming a manager, you know, real, real, real top bloke with it as well, mate, and he, you know, 
speaks really well. You know, you can only see good things there, mate. For Alston with Cousier, I think, mate. And like he said, mate, and like you just said, mate, it might not happen overnight, but I'm pretty confident you'll see a big improvement on last season's ninth, mate. But that's for sure, mate, with, with Cousier there. But and tough opening fixture, though, Diggs, isn't it, against Bridgewater? Mm. Um, one, of, one of the sort of money teams, aren't they, this season in the league, I think, by all accounts. So, so I mean, no better game, mate. To, to win is it? It's be a real confidence booster to to beat them first game and and take the team into those nine games in August, mate. Like you were saying, mate. When he said, but I'm sure you know Kuzi will know, mate. Probably knows already, and he'll probably know a lot more about his team by by the end of August, Deeks, when he and what he needs to go forward. I think, mate. Probably, won't he? Yeah, the success he got at Sodash was through hard work. So I don't think he's afraid of of that. Um, yeah having to be applied and uh, but I think he he would like all of us to give him and the club time wouldn't he but I'm not so sure yeah. there's going to be too many people out there that yeah. um, expect Helston to be given time no no I suppose like you you look at you know what Mass has done for the club and obviously Paul you know chairman and that mate and you know the club has come a long way in a short space of time thinks on it and obviously you know, with a budget. I think if you look at clubs, you know, like Bridgewater and obviously Barnstable with season dates, and you'd probably put Alston in that bracket, mate, wouldn't you? Mm. To, to do well, mate, budget-wise, wouldn't you? So, yeah, I suppose your, your time there is not as maybe, you know, as long as you probably get a, a lesser club, maybe, Diggs, probably. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... But good to have Matt back on the podcast. We always used to enjoy him at Salt Ashton, we? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, now he's back, uh, and no doubt we will be hearing from him as the season goes on. Do you think he's going to be able to tie Steve down to not, to not, well, interfering? <laughs> That's not the right word, that, probably, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's going to have to tie him down, isn't he? Literally, <laughs> he's going to have to tie him to the stand, mate. To get, nah, no, nah, I think I think Mass will be. You know, he knows. Uh, you know, he's obviously. You know, been a great player himself in his day, Diggs, and, and he's managed, mate. You know, you don't, you don't want your sort of, your sort of chairman, dear, or your director of football, and then, you know, maybe come in and say good luck, boys, and that, and then go again. But I, I don't, yeah, I, I think Mass will know, mate, that Kuzi's got his own job to do, mate, and wants to do it his way. Like you said, mate, you know, I think Matt said that, didn't he? You know, he wants to do it his way, and, you know, he says, you know, it's all going well at the moment with Mass, and, yeah, hopefully it'll work well, Diggs, with Mass, you know, upstairs. Well, well, literally upstairs, mate, up in the country. Yes, sounds like it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And being trained so, yeah. on, and being trained on voice messages on uh, on uh, WhatsApp. So. Uh, yeah, never too late to learn, Diggs, is it? No, that's very <laughs> true. That's very true. I'm not the best with. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're a lot better than me, mate. I'm not the best with uh, modern technology, Diggs. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, okay, so that's uh, Matty Cusack, Helston. Next up we go to Mosul. Jake Ash is the manager, and let's firstly find out if he's ready for Saturday. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think when the season finishes, you, you look forward to pre-season, you know, after a break. You know, I mean, everyone needed the break massively. Um, but 
but we, we were looking forward to pre-season and then you get into pre-season and a couple of weeks in and you're, you know, you're scrabbling for friendlies and you're moving things around and you think, oh, okay, I'll bring on the real thing. So in terms of competition and, um, and, and getting back to, you know, the, the, the feeling on a Saturday, um, yeah, no, we're, we're definitely ready for it. Um, whether, whether, whether the, the team and, you know, the way it goes is ever, is ever the way you want it to is a different matter. I mean, should we drew on the first day last year after being really ex- probably overexcited and, and looking forward to that first game. So, now we feel ready. We feel in a good place. It's been a good pre-season, but um, never read too much into sort of results. But in terms of performances, um, pretty much, with the exception of probably one game where, where we kind of changed things around a little bit, um, they've, they've been positive. So, yeah, I think, I think so. <laughs> it, I guess it must be difficult to choose the opposition for pre-season friendlies, isn't it? Uh, it is a little bit. I think um, we've kind of got some sort of regular ones. But, you know, got a really good relationship with Parkway now. Um, obviously, Tavistock going up, um, you know, helped us, and, and that, that was a that was an easy one to arrange. And then and then you're kind of looking at sort of the best the best of the rest from around here that, that obviously aren't in the Western League. So it was nice that we got Liscard and we got Wendron, who obviously second and third. Um, and, and then I'm you know I get on really well with Mark Smith, so we've got St Oster in there as well. Um, so it, 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 it is a bit, but but I think you, you know who are reliable, and you know the teams that are gonna that are gonna push you as well, and and you want to get a mix, you know, a mix of opposition as well. So you know we played Parkway, and they were absolutely outstanding on the day, and it and it kind of you know shows our boys and, and the club, you know, what we're aspiring to be, which is which is great, you know, and you need that. Um, I think if you want every game to end there in pre-season, it, it, it doesn't give you that. Um, that bit of readiness for the start of the season when it will be competitive whoever you play and we learned that in this league last year you know every single game again this year will be a scrap and will be tough so um, we tried to set up pre-season so it feels a little bit like that and it, and it has we've had some really good tests although we you know we've fallen up against Tavi and um, although Wendron was, was, was five um, you know they were really competitive games still so um, I think we got the balance right um, but yeah you're always you're always sort of thinking right next year we'd, you know, we might aim for those guys, or we might just look for a little bit more gaps, or even actually maybe out of friendly. If I if I went again, I might have maybe just got one more game in there. But um, but no, it's been all right. Mm. And your last friendly was last Friday. So what 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 are your plans this week? Uh, the week before the season starts. So we trained last night down at, at Trungle, um, which we we kind of come a bit of a routine now. Uh, we don't obviously do that on a regular basis, but but in the, the last week in the build up to the season, we we've done it the last two times. It's just nice to get everyone there. Um, Gibbo comes down and, and puts these unbelievable chicken wings on for the, the, the boys, so we get a nice bit of food afterwards, and then we just sit down and we just go through. Um, a little bit of video stuff and a, and a little presentation to the group um, as to sort of how we play and, and targets and, and look at a little bit of video stuff that we've accumulated through pre-season. Um, so it was quite a long one last night. We were there till sort of quarter past nine, um, which which we obviously we try and do on the Tuesday because it just gives the boys a little bit more time to get over the the, the travel and the long you know the long session. Um, and then we'll train Thursday night very light, um, just just do some do some shape bits and just just some sort of reminders of, of how we'll set up. Um, and then, yeah, and then going to Saturday. So uh, I think most of the hard work's done really by this stage. It's just kind of reminders. A lot of video this week, sort of sending people clips and, and looking at um, looking at sort of data in terms of how hard we run in the in the preseason, and just making sure that we don't don't hammer people. You know, we'll give a couple of boys nights off on Thursday that you, you were maybe a little bit older or just you know got injury history that that you want them to be fit for fit for Saturday. But uh, other than that, it will just be yeah, Thursday will be kind of as normal really. Um, yeah, and then going to Saturday and off to Tour Point. 
It's almost a full-time job for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, it, management is 100%, and, and I think um, you you hear kind of other people talk about it, and certainly I did before I started doing it, and you, you heard that, and um, and, it, and I was probably a bit a bit sceptical, really, um, but it absolutely is. Um, it's, it's, it's relentless, but then, I, you know, I'd probably make it that way myself. You know, I was up till one o'clock Monday night just making sure that the videos were all set and everything was right and you know you don't have to do that you know you can you can you could probably get away with doing you know doing it in a in a much less um sort of involved and, and full-on manner that, that perhaps we do but um but you know we try and give the boys the best chance we can and, and one of our things is, is being relentless and it's one of our sort of um you know key behaviors that we ask about the boys and, and certainly as a staff so um yeah it is it is full-on um you know, you're planning training, and then you're, you're you're planning the game, and then you're planning the next training session, and um, you can really only plan sort of a week in advance, which is weird because in nearly all other parts of life, you and work, you're kind of looking, you know, much longer term than week to week. But it's all you can really do with um, with football um, and the, the sort of time that you have available with the boys. So um, yeah, it is relentless day, but I, I love it, and I wouldn't want it any other way. How do you fit your your wife and family into it? <laughs> Yeah, good question. Probably a question for them. Um, so, yeah, I just I guess the evenings when I'm at home, I, I try and I try and give myself as best as I can. Um, I don't get home late from work normally on a Monday, and then obviously don't see him at all on a Tuesday. Um, just try and do as best as I can on a Wednesday with pickups and gymnastic lifts um, <laughs> to and from for, for the for the eldest. Um, and then obviously Friday nights, you know, I, I, I try and set myself up that all of my work's done on a Friday night, so I'm not making phone calls, I'm not chasing anything. So, so Friday night's a nice one. Um, Saturdays, obviously, are Saturdays and, and are done, and it's just football until I get home for sort of seven seven thirty, and then I can switch off. That's probably my best period of time if we've won on a Saturday seven thirty till midnight is I can switch off and just relax and it's just relief um, it's just pure relief if you've got the result that's all it is um, and then it starts again on a Sunday um, but you know Sunday is family day and, and I will try and switch off as best I can and um, certainly if we've won that's, that's much easier um, and then the cycle starts again on a Monday really so it is tough there's no there's no escaping that I'm, I'm very fortunate to have incredibly um, understanding wife um, and so all she's ever known really in terms of my time at Truro is that yeah. Football takes up a lot of time, and and you know we've been together for a long time, so she's she's kind of got used to it, but she's brilliant, and she allows me to um to, to operate the way I do, um and, and supports it massively. So, but it is tough, and she she bears the brunt of it. She has to do all the the little bits, the pickups, and the you know the cooking food, and um you know that's 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 tough. So it's probably not a it's probably not something that I'll do for twenty years, Dave. Um, it's probably something that you have a burnout doing, you know, and you probably probably more of a five ten year thing certainly the way we do it so um so yeah we'll see but at the moment we've got the balance right and um i know she was glad that the season finished um <laughs> and enjoyed me being around a bit more but i think by the time pre-season finishes and she sees me on my phone when i'm at home and scratching my head around the injured players and trying to sort friendlies out she's quite glad to see the back of me i think in secretly <laughs> yeah get you down there right okay yeah. so um squad wise Reese Thompson obviously's come in. Andy Watkins. Um, have you signed anyone else or not? No, no, that's that's us. Um, Harry Harry Downing from Newquay has been training with us in the in the summer, um, but he's he's off to America. Um, but but we'll be back full time in November. 
Um, so we'll see where we are with him in November. He's coming and done well in pre-season. Um, but no, other than that, it was it was um, very much just as the end of last season really retained everyone. Um, we haven't lost anyone, which is great. Um, and, you know, as, as all managers say that, but it's really important. And um, so we retained all the boys that were so close last year. Um, and um, you know, and, and that was really important to us. So no, we're, we're in a good place, squad-wise, Dave. We've got good numbers, um, and it looked at some stage like. This Saturday was going to be a real headache in terms of having 20, 21 fit players to, to pick 16 from. But that is the way with football. He's it's, it's got, got to the end of training last night and with a couple of knocks and a few people carrying a few bits that, you know, it looks like the, the 16 will relatively pick itself on that, on Saturday. So, um, yeah, so that, which makes makes life a little bit easier. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's always... Um, it's always testing that bit, making sure you've got the right the right people for the right games, and obviously the games come thick and fast early on. So um, we'll, we'll need a big squad, but but yeah, no, we're really happy with who we've got. Um, there may be one more coming in potentially in the next week or so, um, but that would be it. Um, we're, we're pretty happy with what we got. Talking to Matty Kusak this week, and he, I think he mentioned that uh, Helston they've got about nine games uh, up until the end of August so uh, and obviously it's going to be the same for you guys so you need a big squad at this stage of the season don't you yeah yeah absolutely I mean I think the other thing to, to factor in as well is that obviously with the five subs this year you know all five can get on the pitch um, you know and I think if you've got a, a good deep squad um, and you know there's strength there on the, on the bench then it, it's going to be an advantage so um, no, we're really lucky. I mean, we've got we've genuinely got twenty twenty one who could make that sixteen and make you know plenty of other teams sixteen in and around the, the league as well. So, um, well, obviously it's going to be a challenge keeping everyone happy because only eleven or sixteen can play, um, and you know that's that's the difficult bit. But that's the that's the bit I, I enjoy, and, and we've done all right in the last few years, um, uh, sort of keeping everyone happy and keeping everyone on board. So it'll be another, no doubt, it'll be another scrap doing that this year. But yeah, like you say, with so many games. Um, in August and, and equally probably in September if, you, if you're going well in the Cups um, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for everyone and, and I think with the way we play the, the likelihood of people playing sort of back to back 90 minutes sort of Saturday, Tuesday is probably pretty unlikely mm-hmm. um, again especially with the five subs you can come on so um, yeah no, it's, it's, it's undoubtedly an advantage um, as long as you can manage them and, and, and everyone can you know everyone stays happy and you can find games for them um, then, um, then yeah it will definitely be an advantage this year yeah. Now those two signings I mentioned, Annie Watkins, obviously I, I, I can sort of um, understand you getting him in the sense that obviously you know each other quite well anyway, and the experience is there. The other signing is an in- interesting one, Reese Thompson. What does he bring, or what will he bring to Mosul? Uh, he's already brought Dave the most unbelievable attitude. I think um, I think we, we've really kind of looked for that in players. Andy's, I, I guess if you look at the two of them, Andy's probably less of a and us signing than than, than mm. Reese really because he's a bit older. He's you know he's well he's a lot older. God bless him. Um, <laughs> and um, you know he's probably not going to improve. You know he's he's thirty seven. So he's but what he you know what he's, his quality already we've seen in pre season that you know some of the things that he's done and the boys have watched from the sidelines. Um, you know, and some of the noises I've heard them make when he does makes his runs or brings the ball out of the sky, uh, says everything you need to know. But but Reese is Reese is a perfect fit for us because he's just so desperate to get better as a footballer, um, and he has committed himself in pre-season. I mean, our boys commit themselves massively anyway. You know, Tuesday, mm. Thursday, you know, it's pretty relentless. But but Reese has been down training in the morning sometimes. You know, so he's been doing three, four sessions a week, driving down from Saltash to to come and train with us. 
Um, he came down, he made an effort to come down to our presentation night, um, you know, having not played a single game um, last season but wanted to be part of it. His, his hunger to get better is, is insatiable and it's, it's infectious. And, and with the way we try and operate in terms of the way we train and, and everything we do, you know, that's what we want. We want players who want to get better and we massively back him as a player to, to improve even more than, than, you know, the level that he's at as, uh, at the minute. And we've seen that already in pre-season. Um, he missed, uh, unfortunately, booked the holiday before before he signed. So he, he missed a little bit and he missed a couple of games. So um, we thought he'd sort of play and catch up a little bit, but he hasn't. He's, he's just, he's, he's come in and he's, he's been a, he's been an absolute revelation in, in the way he operates. So, um, no, I think he's going to improve hugely, Dave. He's, he, he, the way he the way he goes about his business is massively impressive, um, and you know I'm, I'm sure, like with all the players that come in, it takes a little bit of time to adjust and, and sort of with the way we play and the way they might need to be on the pitch and get used to some of the systems that, that we try and um, we try and operate. But he's picked it up really quick, and uh, he's going to be he's going to be great. And he's six foot four, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's. Um, is he? mentioned full-time players so have you actually got full-time players at Mosul? Yes we've got two um, and, and I, I said earlier we're obviously trying to add a player um, and, and that would be one more to add to, add to that programme obviously a lot of players at the minute uh, um, that have come out of the pro game are on trial at you know various clubs in and around the country and they're kind of finding out the, the verdicts sort of in and around now so we've got two or three that, that we're chatting to um, that we're hoping come down and join that programme so um, so that would join Max and Paolo um, and then the likes of Reese and you know the, the young local lads who come in and join those sessions as well so Charlie Willis and um, you know, some of the, Jack Simmons and Reece, uh, Ryan Townsend some of those younger lads who come and join in those sessions so they've you know, got potential to, to be training five times a week you know two or three times in the morning and then a couple of times with the team in the evening um, and like in anything in the world you know you have contact time with the ball and a good coach and someone like Andy Graham you, you're going to get you're going to get better. So um, Andy does a brilliant job with those boys. He's a he's a coach with incredible knowledge and and sort of drive to, to to improve players. And he he really pushes that program on. So um, so yeah. So hopefully hopefully be a, a third player that, that, that joins the house and um, you know brings us brings us something else as well. All right. And presumably if they're full time, they're getting paid by the club, are they? Uh, so they they get, they the club we're in a lucky position, Dave. In terms of you know we've got some accommodation available to us. 
Um, so, you know, we help the players with that cost of accommodation. They're full-time in as much as they train full-time, but they have jobs as well. So, um, you know, they're, they're not, they're not unfortunately for them, they're not living the, uh, you know, the training once in the morning and then going off and playing golf. Um, you know, they both got very, you know, they both managed to carve out decent careers, the, the boys that we've got down here as well. So, although their football comes first because we've kind of helped them with, you know, their careers and, and like I say, with, with accommodation, um, the, the football comes first, but, but they can fit their jobs around the football. So, um, so they have a busy schedule, actually. They probably work as hard as anyone, um, those, those boys, and, and they're huge, super dedicated. Um, you know, they, they obviously don't, aren't local necessarily, those two, and, and so, you know, they don't see much of their families, and they have to make sure that they fit seeing their families around the training programme that we put down, you know, put in place for them. So, um, so yeah, they're, they're hugely dedicated, and they're, they're big players for us. You know, Paolo's been here for mm. about five years now, um, and, and he's, you know, he's a tremendous player. He was absolutely fantastic up at Liscard on Friday. Um, it was a sort of source of a lot of the good stuff we did, and and Max Max Hill came in obviously last year, and um, you know he's really impressed everyone. He's an incredible football player, the ball with his feet for someone who's six foot four. You you won't find a better ball playing well anyone that's six foot four as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, and he's still improving. He's still young, so um, he's he's committed another year with us, which is great um, because he's a lovely, lovely lad, a proper proper lovely northern lad. Um, <laughs> so we got a nice mix in there, um, and they've integrated really well into the into the you know the, the the wider group as well, which is massively important, and I think that was a big reason that you know we had we had success last year, and the bus trips helped for that, and you know just that that bonding in the group getting together a bit more. So um, yeah, see with the third player, and, and hopefully get another good character that will add to that. Right, and you mentioned success last year. You, you finished third in the table. Um, already, you're one of the hot favourites for the title this season. Is that something you enjoy being, or is that an unnecessary pressure added to the job? Um, I, I, I guess we've probably never been favourites before, so we'll, we'll have to see, Dave. Um, you know, I think kind of people have talked about us before, and kind of um, a few people would have suggested that they thought we were going to do well without necessarily being regarded as as favourites. I guess when you finish third and the two teams above you go up, then you know you're going to be. There's no point kind of pretending that you won't be regarded as a, as a favourite. But listen, there's some very, very good sides in that league with you know really good, really good uh, resources and. and um, really good coaches and, and really good players as well. So um, I don't, I don't think we really think about it, Dave. We want to do really well. We want to be right up there. There's no, um, there's no escaping that. But, but, but then so do probably ten, twelve other teams as well. So um, you know, I think it will be, it will be really close again. Um, they're going to be an awful lot of tight games and a lot of good sides that will take points off each other. So um, I don't really think about it really in that sense, Dave. But um, no, listen, we, we, we expect to do well. We hope to do well. Um, but until ball is kicked on Saturday and the games start getting going then you know it's, it doesn't really mean that the talk doesn't really mean anything uh, and last season I mean at one stage there it was really close at the top did you think about promotion or did you try and shut it shut it out of your mind completely no I absolutely thought about it I think um, were you ready for a promotion uh, what as a football club or as a, as a, as a manager or uh, well both really uh, yeah, as a manager, undoubtedly, 100%. Um, as a football club, yes. Um, you know, we'd already already had that discussion and already had, um, you know, a forward planning that not just for next year, potentially, or the, the season that's coming, but, but beyond that as well. Um, so, yeah, we, we were ready, without a doubt. The, the, the club, you know, in terms of facilities and, and everything was, was set up. I guess it kind of came upon us that, you know, around Christmas time,
time that that might actually happen and um, you know we need to sort of plan a little bit more seriously than perhaps having just had a discussion around it and and so that started to take place once you know once we started to go on a run um, but yeah no absolutely ready and, and, and certainly you know if, if we were fortunate enough to finish in a position this year we would you know we would take that and and, and really enjoy the, the, the prospect of playing Southern League football but, um, but yeah it was it was it was obviously it was obviously close. Unfortunately for us, <laughs> with the start of the season and the end of the season, we were downfall. And you know, at the start of the season, we, you know, we suffered a little bit with COVID, and and we started first five games. We lost three of the first five. Mm. Um, you know, and you're, you're back. We were a bit of backs against the wall. Um, Relegation. I think we were 17th, Dave, after five games. Yeah. Um, I knew we'd be fine, but it, it wasn't a good start. And I remember coming back from Ilford Coombe, we were scratching our heads a little bit. Um, but but we, you know, we we came through that, which was great. And then the end of the season, we 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 just just fell away. We drew too many games. It wasn't we didn't we hardly lost any, but just drew too many games. Uh, we had some big big players missing through injury, which which any you know, any team would say will make a difference. And and that was certainly the case. You know, Mark Richards and. Steve Burr and, and Goldie, you know, who are three, you know, it's a big part of our spine, and, and they all they all missed the running, which which definitely didn't help us. But but we, we just fell short. But it was almost ironic that we fell short at the two parts of the season where, given the way we play, everyone kind of presumed that we would um, we would fare the best. But actually, you know, there was a big question mark over, I guess, the way we played and whether it would work in the Western League. But actually, as it turned out, it, it, our best period for that was was through the winter when the pitches were <laughs> were terrible. Um, so so you know it's a big focus for us this time the start of the season and hopefully you know the middle part will, will stay the same I mean we've we're hoping to go um August if we can we'll go unbeaten if we can go unbeaten at home in August that'll be a, a year um in which we haven't lost a home game a league home game so um you know the run at home's been been fantastic um so we, yeah, we just want to start the season a little bit stronger and put ourselves in a bit of a position because I think at times we were sort of 15, 18 points behind our stock. So um, there's always a chase going on there. So hopefully we can stay a bit closer to whoever's up the top this year and not have to uh, not have to go on a silly run again to, to kind of make it interesting. Yeah. You start on Saturday away to Tour Point and then Tuesday home to Saltash. Do you like the way the fixtures have been done in the Western League last season and this season in the sense that you ha- you have quite a few sort of well I say local games early on don't you yeah no I, I, I don't like it at all but I understand why it's done you know I, I, I get it um, I, I think there's an argument that could be made that you could say you know tall point for us on the first game of the season I, I understand why they do it because traffic's horrendous and bringing someone else down here would, would be tough you know but that said um you know, if we put Tall Point on a Saturday in January and it did get called off, we could do it on a Tuesday in April, no problem, um, or, or March. So, you know, I, I kind of uh, that bit is a bit of a frustration. And equally, because of the way the FA Cups and the FA Vases work, you know, you end up playing, you know, you end up playing the teams that are down here anyway yeah. um, already. So, I think we're going to probably play Barnstable three times in a month. <laughs> um, if we beat Barnstable in the FA Cup, we're then going to play Millbrook three times in two weeks um, yeah <laughs> which which you know is you know I think we play them three times in a space of four games um, which it's not ideal it's not it's not it's not great but I, I, I know why they're doing it and I know this year is going to be probably the last year where the Western League have the issue that they've got and they're trying mm. to protect people with the travelling um, so I understand why but yeah it's not a fun day it just it just um, it, it doesn't feel like Western League football and I hope sort of Falmouth and Tall Point you know get a get a feel for it early on because I know last year it didn't really feel like we got going until sort of September when you start to get on the road a bit more but um, 
I'm sure those trips will come. So yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll just try and grind through all the local derbies in August. Because you enjoy those away trips, don't you? You always mention the beer on the way back. Yeah, it's, I think it's I think it's important. You know, I think we will look at it a little bit more sceptically on a on a Saturday if we've got a game on a Tuesday. But I think the Saturdays coming back on the bus are, are massive, and uh, we grew a really nice little supporter base last year. And the bus was getting busier and busier and livelier and livelier. And you know, those boys are giving up their Saturdays for for, for not much money. Um, so it has to be fun, otherwise. It, you know what's the point? Um, you know, although we do things seriously and we try and, you know, probably people look from the outside in and, and sort of, you know, wince it a little bit. But but we we make it fun, you know, and it has to be fun. So the, the bus trips back are a great opportunity to do that. So yeah, I love it. Um, I don't love it when we lose. Um, it's not much fun at all then. And I sit at the front and don't really say much. But um, but no, when we win, it's it's a great feeling, and, and we try and make it enjoyable for the players and. Um, their 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 culture's changed. Listen, they're not they're not wild big drinkers by any stretch, but but seeing them enjoy themselves after you know a hard week of training twice a week and then putting it out there on the pitch on a Saturday, it's, it's nice to see them let off a bit of steam. And I, and I think actually for the relationships and and the bond of a group, I think that stuff's really important. I might be seen as old school still, but you know I'm pushing the I'm pushing the captain to organise nice hours as you know as frequently as as, as can allow because I just think it helps teams come together and. Uh, you know, we went away to Portugal at the end of last season and you can just sense already coming back in pre-season there's little bonds there and little friendships there that, that come off the back of that and that can't do any harm on the pitch when it comes to three o'clock. So, um, yeah, no, it's important for me, Dave. I think it's, uh, I still think it's a big part of, of, of local non-league football that you, you go and enjoy yourself and you enjoy those bus trips. Well, great stuff. It, it sounds as if you still enjoy football very much, Joe, if you don't mind me saying. I love it. I love it. I love it more than when I was playing, arguably. Um, hey, I just, um, surely not. Well, yeah, I do. I, I, I played. I was very grateful. Well, I say grateful. I played in Neil's, um, Neil Slateford's um, charity match the other day, and I was dreading it. I, I don't enjoy playing football at all anymore. Um, I think it's a bit of pride in there for me, you know. For me, I can't run anymore, and I'm overweight, and uh, <laughs> you know, I just it, it doesn't feel like it used to feel when I, yeah. I played. And uh, I love my time at Troy. I really did, but but certainly once the body started to slow down, and and um, yeah, it can, I can do what I wanted to do. I, I didn't really enjoy it so much. So, um, so no, this this side of it, I absolutely love. It is relentless and it is um, it's very consuming and and it needs, like I say, a very supportive family and um, and and good time management in terms of work and what have you. But um, but no, I I I absolutely relish it and the feeling on Saturday um, after you've won a game is is greater than I've I ever got playing um, because you put so much time and effort into things and, and if it comes off and it works it's, it's, just, it's a brilliant feeling whereas I think as a player you're a little bit more selfish and a bit more self-centred naturally which you, you know to be expected because you, you're looking after yourself but mm. it's not the same with management you're looking after about 20, 25, 30 odd people so um, so you take all the enjoyment that they're taking from it and you add all that together it's a lovely feeling so no I, I do I, I absolutely love it and I'm at a brilliant football club Dave who with, with some amazing people and I'm really proud of the football club and people talk about the the club and they come down and they talk about the friendliness and they talk about the ground and, and it's it's easy to feel proud of that when you're part of something as special as that so um, no I, I feel very fortunate and uh, yeah I do really enjoy it Dave whether I still feel that way on Saturday at 5 o'clock <laughs> it remains to be seen but, but but no when it goes well it's, it's, it's brilliant I love it Right well great stuff uh, Jake as always great to talk to you and, and really enjoy hearing about what's happening down there at Mosul and uh, well good luck for the season Thanks, Dave, and uh, and good luck for you. And, and I saw Rappo down at Liscard as well. And uh, I know lots of people love uh, love listening to the, the podcast. So uh, keep up the good work, and uh, nice to see you on the sidelines soon as well. Checks in the post. Top man.
You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Yeah, thanks to Jake there for um, spare. Well, thanks to all our managers for sparing the time to come on the podcast. Uh, it wouldn't be much of a podcast without them, would it? No, that's Jake Deeks. No, we wouldn't have much to talk about, mate, would we? Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sure you would find something. I'll try, mate. I'll try. <laughs> but no, I'm sure people would rather listen to Ashley, mate. He's, well, you know, lo- lo- you know, I know you enjoy interviewing him. Deeks, I always enjoy listening to Ashley. It's so interesting, isn't he? And always comes up with like good stuff. And, you know, probably, well, what a great bloke, mate. Probably most respected bloke in Cornish football, wasn't he, Deeks? Really? Ashley, mate, you know. Got to be up playing. Got to be, yeah. Yeah. Top bloke, mate, and he is playing career, you know, stellar playing career, mate, and obviously what he's doing as a manager now, I always enjoy listening to his, like, interviews after the games, and, yeah, it's really interesting, you know, the, like you were saying about the two full-time players, mate, and the other lads going to train with them and all, mate, and all the great work that, you know, Andy does alongside, Andy Graham does alongside Ashley, mate, but I've got to be honest, Dick, I don't know about you, mate, but... I, I fancy, I fancy Mose will win it this season, Dicks. I oh, think. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah, they're, they're one of the red hot favourites, aren't they? And, uh, and yeah. it, it, going back to that full time factor, it was interesting that because um, I don't yeah. know if you remember, but Shane Crack mentioned in in when I chatted with him that you know Mose were all but full time. Well, yeah. I'd forgotten, or I didn't realise, perhaps is better, I, I didn't realise Mousel still had any players that were sort of, uh, um, well, inverted commas, full-time. I know they've got other jobs, but um, yeah. I didn't realise they still had that sort of setup down there. Yeah, I, I remember the sort of documentaries that Mousel do as well, Dick, so they're really good as well. Was it? Is it around? No. What are they call mate the Mosel ones around their way. No, that's that's part way. That's part way, isn't it? What's yeah. what's Mosel's called, mate? They, they did a little bit, didn't they? And on, when they went around the house and you know with the lads there, didn't they? And oh yes, know, they did, didn't they? Yeah, Adam Fletcher yeah. did, didn't he? I think. So. That's right. Yeah, Fletch, wasn't it, mate? That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really good. Deeks, you know, interesting. And you know, when you listen to Ashley talk as well, it's a commitment he puts in. <laughs> you know, like you were. Yeah, uh, I mean the way he puts in hundred percent to. To, to everything and I mean you, you know you're even more sort of convinced about them being successful this season Deeks aren't you and, and I've watched them twice in pre-season mate and got to be honest Deeks they're superb mate the football and the pace is sort of zipped around that mate it'll be pretty hard for opponents to stifle I think mate and I mean a few people have said to me you know, what about the winter months, you know, the boggy pitches, the physical side of it to the game, you know, like we all know Mose was a brilliant footballing team, but the best in the league, but, but I, you know, Ashiel took a lot from last season, mate, you know, just missing out and he's got no doubts about them at all, so I'm, you know, if he ain't, mate, I'm pretty confident they'll get through the winter and, you know, I think over the 42 games, Dick's the, the champions for me, mate. And, you know, it won't be easy, mate. There's a few clubs, like we were saying, a few clubs with budgets and ambitions, mate. But, but um, I can't see them losing too many games, mate, can you? No, I can't see them losing too many. No, that's right. And, and inter- it, I think it was Jake actually said himself that they actually played, performed better in the middle of the season when it was wetter, the grounds obviously were you know, a little bit muddier. They they performed yeah. better then than, than they did at the beginning and end of the season. But so, uh, so, yeah. and I tell you what, Hayden Turner seems to be amongst the goals in the friendlies they've had. So look out 
He was a bit yeah. quiet at the start of last season, goal wise. So um, you know, if he's on if he's on fire, that's uh, you know an yeah. added bonus as well, isn't it? Yeah, he's looking really sharp. Deeks, the two games I watched him, mate, he, yeah, Aiden's looking razor sharp. Deeks, so I fancy him for twenty-five or thirty for sure, mate. For sure, <laughs> right. And Ashley be modest as well, by the way, Deeks, because I, I watched that Slate's testimonial, mate, and he's still brilliant, mate. So he couldn't run, he, he said. Yeah, he's still class, mate. He, he's been he's been modest again, mate. <laughs> he might not be the Jacob like 15 years ago, mate, but he still knows where to be and what to do, mate, on the ball. He still he still pinged a, a few lovely balls around Priory Park that day, Dick. So yeah, right. yeah, it was a really hot day as well, mate, so it didn't do any of the lads any favours and played for a while, I don't think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, well, that's uh, Jake Ash, manager of Mosul. Now... Uh, now we go to the two promoted Southwest Peninsula League sides, champions of the East and the West divisions last season. First up is Torpoint. Well, Dean Cardew, no longer Southwest Peninsula League, Dean, but Western League. Yeah, um, yeah, I haven't had a lot of time to sort of like get my head around that, but yeah, it's come around very quick. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that just now actually that. Um, you haven't had too long to sort of enjoy the successes from last season, have you? Um, no, don't don't get me wrong. We enjoyed it <laughs> um, <laughs> at, at the time. But yeah, as soon as those celebrations finished, it was a very, very quick turnaround. And um, because we finished late and the Western League seems to be, well, it is starting early. Um, yeah, it's been, been a short space of time to get ready. Uh, how did you celebrate then? Um... Lots of drinking, lots of singing, <laughs> uh, lots of dancing on tables. Um, yeah, so just as as you do when you when you celebrate these things, and yeah, we certainly made sure we did celebrate. But but that's the thing, though, isn't it? You've got to make sure you celebrate these things because they don't come around every season, do they? No, they don't. And if, lots of people sort of like made sure of that. They sort of like said, make sure you enjoy this because. It might not happen again for a while, and um, so yeah, we we did we did make sure um, that we enjoyed it, but yeah, it just seems seems a while ago now because it was like I said, it was very quickly like get our heads back into it or something next season. Yeah. So how quickly after the end of last season did you start planning for this season, or had you already started? Yeah, um, yeah. You sort of like you've always got one eye on it, um, but yeah, it was it was probably within a few days, if I'm honest. I've I went on. I've had a couple of holidays, but a, even a couple, even, a couple. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I made sure I crammed them in because <laughs> I've, I've got nine months now without any. Yeah. So, um, but even on holiday, I was sort of like making phone calls and text messages and like sort of like sneaking off to. Um, <laughs> You yeah. need to be careful with those sort of things. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I did, get busted. I did get busted, though. Kate sort of like came out on the balcony and was like, what are you up to? And I was like, oh, just, just on the phone a minute. I'll, I won't be long. <laughs> let's, let's be fair, though. She knows what you're doing, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. She does. And I've said before, she's, she's very good. She's very understanding with it. So I'm lucky there. <laughs> so you start planning straight away. Is it a case of... Is our squad strong enough? So I've got to get new players or, or what? 
Yeah, uh, well, we lost a couple. Um, so obviously, Cobb went back to Saltash. John Heverham retired. Uh, Lewis Kershaw retired. Um, so we had to strengthen straight away just from losing them. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, yeah, you, you always want to improve. Um, so if if the right players become available, you want to bring them in. And what have you done that? Um, yeah, yeah, we've we've brought we've brought four or five in, I think. Um, a few lads within the club are looking to push through and, and make it into our squad as well. Very, very good players. Um, and we've added a few from outside the club as well. So yeah, we have. So give us a few names. Come on, let, let us <laughs> into the secret. Um, Josh McCabe is, is returned. Um, he played for us a few years ago. Um, Elliot Crawford is back. Um, Jamie Bass has been training with us and played a few pre-season friendlies. He hasn't played for a few years, but if he can sort of like get the taste for it again, he'll be a really good addition. Um, a young lad who we've brought in from Parkway. Um, so, um, Jake Smith, that is, sorry, I didn't give you a name. Um, so, and there's another, uh, Matt Cotter coming through, uh, Ryan Smith who we've brought in. Um, another young lad called Sam Cox. So yeah, we've we've got quite a few new players. When you're sort of on the look for new players, how, how do you you know what what's going through your mind? Is it filling spaces or is it the fact that they're very good players? Um, originally, it was filling spaces, but like I said, equally, um, if there's a very good player becomes available, then you want him. And sort of like we did, we targeted a few that we didn't get. Um, but equally, we've we've added a couple that have sort of like come out of the woodwork, and as far as pre-season's gone, they're looking they're looking good and and they're keen and want to impress. So um, yeah, the future will tell um, what will happen with them. But at the moment, yeah, they're looking like really really good additions. And pre-season friendlies, I, I think you've done quite well, haven't you? Um, yeah, we've been real good workouts. Um, I'm not one that. Is bothered about results in pre-season friendlies. Obviously, you don't want to take hammer-ins in games, or um, it's more about performance and getting enough minutes in the players that need it, etc., and things like that. So, um, yeah, and, and, and sort of like iron out a few things that you think might oh, actually we need to work on that. So, um, yeah, we've done that. We've had a few moments where we thought oh, we've looked a bit dodgy there, but on the whole, it's been all right. Um, but like I said, it's. Saturday will be a whole different ball game. Um, it's when it matters, isn't it? So <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I mean, I guess it's you know what what do you want out of this new season? I mean, what are you expecting? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Um, sort of like just to get the best out of what you've got that you possibly can. Um, we obviously got into a habit of winning things last season, winning games and ended up winning trophies. Um, so I'd be lying if I if I said I didn't want to win a trophy again this season. Of course I do. Mm. Um, but it's, it's new places to go, a lot of teams that you don't really know a lot about. Um, so yeah, it's just, just sort of like challenging yourself and just trying to get the best out of the squad that you've got, really. No, obviously for the last um, what six years or so, you've had Gary Williams as your assistant. Yeah. Was that a disappointment? Well, I'm assuming it must have been a disappointment for him to to sort of stand down. But um, how have you gone about replacing him? Um, well, first of all, a huge disappointment. Um, you sort of like. Were you expecting it, or was it a shock? Um, 
it, it was a shock when it when he when he told me and he wanted to meet up and he spoke to me about everything that was going on and um so yeah it was a shock and it was sort of like like we've been together so long and mm. it was just it was just sort of like a oh god where do i go now um so yeah i think it was a shock when it came um but i i completely understand his reasons um he's Again, like you talk about replacing players, you just willows. Just how do you replace him? Um, so, I have, well, there's no one officially come in to fill that role. Um, Dad and Ian Stevens are actively helping me at the moment, so I've got pretty good people around me in that sense. But yeah, it's it's still getting my head head around losing Willow I think and pining for him if you like <laughs> um, <laughs> oh um, I think part of me sort of like hoping that he gives me a call in a few weeks and says things have changed I'm missing it I want to come back <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, um, so, yeah no yeah I haven't replaced him as such um, it, it would have to be the right person that would become available because he's such a such a character and person to replace because i suppose it, it's so important for you as a manager to sort of bounce ideas off someone isn't it to, and, yeah. and hear their thoughts and views and and everyone sees a match different as well don't they i mean yeah. did, did you have sort of arguments about players or, or how did it go <laughs> no and and do you know what and that's where we where we've known each other since we were like we played together for youth team and we so we sort of like think along the same lines but he was perfect in the sense of he would he would quite often have different ideas and and plant seeds in my head but never never be annoyed if I didn't go with it or if if I oh yeah thanks for that but no actually I'm <laughs> going with my my idea he would never ever be annoyed with that um so quite often we would agree but it, it was quite good to have him just to sort of like yeah be like well now nah, have you thought about this and Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But he would, nah, he would never get annoyed if we didn't go with it. <laughs> <laughs> so what? I mean, training. I mean, you must have people there helping you with training and that sort of stuff. Yeah, like I said, Dad and Dad and Steve were sort of like actively helping me out with training and on match days as well. So yeah, they're um, they're good to have around. Good to hear you brought in some young blood. <laughs> I oh, know, I oh, know. <laughs> That's the trouble. That's sort of like, I mean, I'm I'm pretty old school as it comes now, and and they're even more so. <laughs> yeah, you know, they played football when they had laces in the balls, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so back to the back to the modern day football, and um, well, the one good thing is you've kept your two strikers, haven't you, uh, Curtis Damrell, um Ryan Richards, you know, they were so yeah. important to you last season. A goal scorer is always going to be important, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it was it was really important to keep them, and um, and like you say, it's we've managed to. So um, yeah, ho- hopefully we can um, we can repay their their faith in sort of like staying because, like all good players, they they want to do they want to do well. So. We, we need to make sure as a team that we are doing well and, and they, they don't regret staying, if you like, because, as you can imagine, they, they both had really good offers, um, mm. as did other players in the team that um, that have sort of, like, stayed loyal. So, yeah, we just need to sort of, like, make sure that, that we sort of, like, perform on the pitch and 
make make them not regret it. <laughs> I, I don't know if you read much about what's going on in local football, but uh, you must cringe every time you read that. Oh, you know, Ryan Richards is going to sign for Salt Ash, or Curtis Damrell's <laughs> going to Helston, or you know, every time yeah. you read it, you must think, oh no, I hope that's not true. <laughs> to be honest, I don't read a lot of it. I get sent some stuff, but. They're, they're good. They're good lads in the sense of if they do get an offer or any does anybody does speak to them, they they always tell me. They always go, let me know what's going through their minds. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah, it's just one of them where if you read it, you think, oh well, yeah, they they're telling me exactly what's going on. So I, I sort of like. Yeah, it's, people will always speculate, won't they? Yeah, that's right. And uh, so Saturday, you start with, well, you start with an easy game, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, although I'm told there's no easy game in this league, so um, as I can imagine. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, to be honest, it was quite often like that last season. I know a lot of people looked on the East and saw it as an easier league, but it, it really wasn't. I've said this to you before, it really wasn't. Um, so we'll approach it like we approach every game. But yeah, of course, Mal's all there. I think they're one of the favourites to win it, aren't they? So mm. it'll be it'll be good to test ourselves straight away against a side like that. And how's the pitch? Because all, all the pitches seem to be so dry at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it is as you could imagine at this time of the year. It's it's not it's not too bad. I mean, we've sort of like had sprinklers on it the last couple of weeks. So for for what you can expect for the dry weather we've had, it's it's not too bad. Right. Okay. So Saturday, well, we're nearly there now. Um, Have you got your sort of eleven in mind or not? (laughs) Um, No, I haven't. Um, (laughs) No, I've sort of like got probably nine or ten, and there's still one or two that we're still not quite sure about. So um, yeah, well. But do you know what? I'm a nightmare. Uh, Quite often I'll have a team written out. I get down Saturday morning and I change my mind anyway. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, quite often I like to sort of like get a feel for it Saturday mornings. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we've, on the whole, like I said, we've got sort of like nine or ten that we we pretty much know what we're playing. So it'll only be a tweak here or there if we do change anything. And of course, this season, uh, five subs can all be used, can't they? Yeah, do you know what? Um, I haven't officially been told that, but um, I think Hixie was telling me that the other day. So I said, oh, that's news to me. So, yeah, that is interesting. Is that good or bad, do you think? Good, I think. Yeah, I think it's good. (laughs) Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, if you can carry 16 and, like, you've got those options, then, yeah, it's, it's it's a good thing to have. Um, quite, quite often last season, we, we if we did carry 16, you know that two people are going to be really upset because they're mm. not going to get any minutes. So, um, yeah, I'm not one for making changes for the sake of it anyway. I mean, I've, I've had plenty of games where I haven't made any changes. So it would be good to have those options. Yeah. But I suppose it all adds to the budget, though, doesn't it? You, you, you know, yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. I guess you've just got to sort of like, yeah, if, if you can't, if you haven't got the budget to carry 16, then... You will have to go. I mean, you're only ever used to using three subs anyway, so maybe just stay in that mindset. So yeah, I guess it would just just go with each week what you can and can't do. I guess. Right. Well, anyway, final question, Dean. Where are you going to finish at the end of the season? What what sort of have you set yourself a sort of a position target wise? It's, oh, it's an impossible question to answer because 
I mean, I, I want to do as well as I possibly can, and I think every manager should think the same. Um, I'm not naive enough to go, right, we're going to do the same as we did last season, but I'd like to think that most games we can compete. So, um, yeah, I, don't, I haven't necessarily set myself a position where to finish in the league. It's just a case of every game we play, we're going to want to win. I know that there's going to be a lot of games we don't, but, yeah, just sort of like do the best we can, I guess, and, and get the best out of everyone. Uh, I know that's a rubbish answer, <laughs> but I, I genuinely haven't sort of like looked at, that's where I want to finish. I just, every game I sort of like go into, I just want to try and get maximum points. I suppose the answer would be that you just want to finish above Millbrook, don't you? Oh, but, um, I don't know. I, I want to finish above who finishes second, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not looking at Millbrook or anyone like that. I'm just genuinely just, yeah, just do the best that we can every game that we play. Right. That's a good place yeah. to end. I like that. Do the best you yeah. can every game you play. That That's what yeah. everyone should be thinking. Like all our Cornish clubs, you know, we wish you the best of luck. Enjoy the season and yeah. the experience. Right. Thanks, Dave. Your Cornish, Cornish podcast. <laughs> Yeah, thanks to Dean for coming on. Manager at Talk Point, uh, champions. Well, they won most things, didn't they, last season that they entered? So uh, um, it's going to be. Uh, I, I don't know. You, you've been in successful sides that have uh, had great seasons. Are you anticipating, you know, the next season that it's going to be the same, or are you apprehensive, or how does it work in the mind? I mean, those players at Talk Point, they were used to some. Good results last season. Yeah, yeah true, Diggs. A bit of both, I think, really, Diggs. I think once you've had a good sort of see, you know, if you've like won a double or something, you know, you you won the league well and you finished off with a good cup final or something, you, you sort of get, take that into the pre-season, I think, Diggs, and you can't wait to get started again because you know, like the first game of the next season, though, he's got like a cup final feel about it anyway, Diggs, isn't it that? first game sort of thing but but yeah I, don't, I suppose you do put a bit of pressure on yourself as well because you know you've got to like emulate that sort of success that you've you had last season so and you know everyone's out to beat you but I suppose getting promoted Dicks, I suppose it's you know is it like Dino said mate it's new places to go isn't it more a challenge at a higher level um you know, and it's a lovely club, Deeks, isn't it, to a point, you know, like Phil was saying, they haven't got any work to do, mate, there, have they, for the ground grading and stuff, you know, it's all geared up, I mean, their success last season, now is a new era for the club, mate, and, you know, I'm sure Dean is looking forward to the challenge, mate, it's just a shame, mate, they got Mosel home, really, Deeks, isn't it, first game, <laughs> yeah. really. Well, yeah. yes and no, I suppose, at least they'll know... Um, yeah. what it's all about won't they after you know five o'clock on true. Saturday yeah that's true Deeks yeah yeah I suppose Dino will know yeah a bit more by five o'clock but you know it would have been nice to see him beat someone else wouldn't it to open up their sort of Western League account make someone up the line but and obviously Shane Willow stood down mate from Dino point of view mate great team wasn't they double act and mm. but um, 
you know, I mean, obviously, you've got people like Steve-O around the place, mate, there's vast experience that, you know, give a bit of advice if Dino wants any. It obviously helps, mate, when your dad's Ricky Cordue as well, mate, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, not a bad dad to have around the place, Ricky, but is he? So, so yeah, I think Dino would be fine, mate. I think Torpoint would be fine. And I think you mentioned Deeks as well. You know, they've kept Ryan and Curtis um, up front and, and those two stay in, mate. You know, that that's just going to guarantee points on the board anyway, isn't it, Diggs? Mm, yeah, that's very true. So, yeah, best of luck to Dean up there at Tour Point. So, uh, yeah. yeah, last for this episode and our sort of close-up look at the Western League uh, of our Cornish clubs in it uh, is, of course, Falmouth. It's uh, welcome back, Andy Westcott. And is he ready? I'm glad to see the back of pre-season. Um, I know we have to do it, but... It's always so disjointed, and, and uh, yeah, I'm never a massive fan of it, so I'll be absolutely, you know, pleased to see the first league game come, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a difficult one. I, I think I've asked a few managers, you know, how do you decide who you play for a start? Well, I think half the time, your hand's forced, you know, especially for me this year, with, you know, so many holidays, I think, off the back of COVID, and, uh, you know, it's been, you know, wedding season, it's it's being relentless, you know. But I suppose off the back of that, it does give you a chance to look at things because the idea of pre-season, I guess, is, is to look at new formations, look at different personnel. So I suppose in one way, if you've got the same players there week in, week out, you know, you, you're not really, you know, looking at things. But um, it's just one of those ones, though, Dave, isn't it? You know, you go into those games and, you know, if you lose, you know, everyone sort of panics, but there's no need to. And if you win against sides, probably that you shouldn't, necessarily be playing or you know want to be playing it's, it's sort of a meaningless result so yeah I'm not a massive uh, massive fan of pre-season but you know, regarding being ready I suppose I'm as ready as you can be <laughs> yeah you won't know if you're ready until you've played about five games I guess will you no that's it and everyone keeps saying to me like you know I'm sure Dean's had it as well like you know you know I think you boys would do it right but you know it's hard to gauge because you know you only have to look at the, the pre-season results and you know, I think every side has either had a really good result and followed it up with a, a bit of a shock result. And, you know, probably the same with Wellington. Obviously, we got them Saturday. And if you looked at their pre-season, it's so mixed. You know, it's hard to get a real ref- gauge or re- true reflection of them and what you're up against. Have you had to take a crash course in clubs in the Western League or were you already pretty much aware of what was going on? Uh, I think obviously off the back of last season and the, the sides that got promoted, obviously, uh, you know, I probably paid more attention to it than I've ever done. And then obviously as the season progressed and, you know, it was looking likely that we were, we were in a shout of getting promoted. Obviously I looked a little bit more, but, uh, but again, you know, you can only research so much and, um, you know, I think it'll have an FA Vaz feel to it for a while until we get settled into it, to be honest, uh, you know, like you know, Wellington coming to town and then, and then uh, I think we've pretty much got them on the Cornish sides. I think Clevedon home maybe. So I don't think we've got a big away trip until, until I think five or six games into the season. Um, so yeah, it'd be hard to be hard to gauge and, and like you said, plan. And, and I'm, not, I'm never normally a massive fan of doing so much research in sides because you never really know who you're going to play against. Mm. And likewise, I guess clubs that play you. I mean, your friendlies. I think some games that the, probably the squad you've had is well quite a few missing from what you're going to have come the league season 
Yeah, exactly. You know, you've only got to take. You know, we played Willand on Saturday, drew two all, and then Willand go and beat Truro five one last night. So, like, you know, if Wellington bring up and speak to I don't know whoever, and you know, try and get some research on us, it's just so hard to gauge, isn't it? And like you said, you know, we've had so many of our players missing. Like Wardy's missed three games, I think, from preseason. Jack Bray Evans has missed quite a few. Braven's missed loads. Barn has been away, so we've had so many players missing. And that's just off the top of my head. Like Swanee's away, Kells is away. Um, yeah, it's just the list is endless, really. I think everybody's been away, apart from I think Tom and Izzy, the one that's been to every game. Um, uh, maybe Barnes, maybe Barnes, Barnes, you know what I mean? So it's been so, you know, so up and down. Poor old Tom and Neer. His dad needs to allow him a holiday, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm not sure. Actually, I can't remember. Obviously, there's so many players to look after. I can't remember everybody's that schedule. But I'm sure, sure, Tom's been to every game. But... <laughs> right. Anyway, right. So, youngsters that you've you've brought in a well, you've brought in a couple youngsters, haven't you? What what's the sort of thinking behind that? Uh, well, I suppose recruitment's always tough for everybody, um, and I'm sure that we're all in the same same. Um, you know, same bracket, but you know, just the way I've always done it. Really, you know, you try and you try and build, and, and those sort of players fit the profile. Um, you know, I've been really impressed with um, all the all the recruitments, and um, you know, Charlie Edney stepping up from the second team, which has been which has been good, and um, obviously Cade and, and, and Swanee coming over from Truro, and you know, they've looked really really good, and and you know, Webby's been like a sign a new signing again. Now we finally got him full-time now after his four years at university same with Ollie Walker you know Ollie's uh, Ollie hasn't been with us yet for pre-season because he's just finishing a few bits with his um, with his college work and um, yeah they've all been great in pre-season and uh, obviously we now we've got Cam in from Camelford so um, another great addition for us and um, you know all, all exciting young players and and uh, you know they've never played in the Western League before so you know that, that brings its own you know enthusiasm and the unknown sometimes could be a good thing. We get told these days that um, players want to play with their mates so they don't, you know, look to sort of play at a higher standard. So was it difficult, the likes of, say, Cam Hutchison, to, to get him on board? Uh, regarding players like Cam, you know, obviously, you know, he was he was settled at Camelford and, um, you know, you can look at it as a good thing or a bad thing with the Western League and the Pinch League. I suppose players can now, um, you know, dip their toe in and have a look at the Western League and, um, it sort of does leave the it does leave the Plinch League a bit vulnerable because uh, you know the, the better players I suppose now can be picked off by you know the, the sides that are in the Western League and it was almost a bit of a free hit for him really to come down and have a look at it and see if he see if he liked it. Um, you know, it didn't work out for him. He could obviously stay at Camelford. So you know, from our point of view, you know, he come down and played a couple of games and really enjoyed it. So um, you know, it was. It was pretty straightforward, really. But um, you know, great to have him on board. He's a he's a, he's a top player. So, because how old is he? Uh, he's only eighteen. So, most uh, of our recruitment, you know, Charlie Edney's you know eighteen. You know, Caden just turned eighteen. Swanee eighteen, and, and uh, obviously Cam's eighteen himself. So, yes, the recruitment's been good. And but you sort of need that, really. You know, you need the those young players in, in the round with the senior players that we've had now for a long time. You know, players like Barnaby. You know, he's starting his eighth season with us, and, and, and they're crucial to have. You know, like Wardies and you know Nixon now. Like you, like you put on your magazine, you know he's he's nearly thirty now, and he so Ravens thirty. So you know you need that you need that blend of experience and youth. Mm. Are you looking forward to it? 
you know, well, yes, you, you're, you're bound to be looking forward to it. But what sort of a buzz have you got at the moment? We're, we're talking Wednesday, three days to go, you know, before your first league game. Is there a buzz yet or will it sort of appear on Saturday morning? Oh yeah, it's definitely a buzz. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been looking forward to this as the fixtures come out, and you know, you've only got to look at the teams that you're up against, and they're the same games you want to be playing, in, you know, playing in. And uh, you know, obviously, it took a while for the fixtures to come out, so the planning's been a bit, been a bit difficult with buses and that. But you know, you know, there's definitely, uh, it's definitely an hour of excitement around the club. You know, it'd be a proud day, really. And I think, you know, last season, obviously, we've done really well in the league, and. You know, you know, you can't really sit back and take stock of it until until the event's over. Whereas now, I think is the sort of reward of, of doing so well. Now, last year, you can sit back and go, you know, we've you know we've actually gained promotion to another league, and um, you know, I think Saturday everyone's really looking forward to it. And, and again, like I said, you're all about the the Vaz thing. It's going to have a it's definitely going to probably have a cup deal to it because you know I couldn't tell you more than well I couldn't tell you any of their players really. So um, it's complete unknown. They don't know anything about us unless they've unless they've done their research like you said and run up a few Cornish managers but um, you know it'd be, it should be a good you know I think they like last year I, was, I think they played Mausel last year and um, you know I've spoken to a few of the you know the Cornish managers and just to get feedback and, and, and the feedback is they are uh, uh, they're a good side so yeah so it should be a good game but yeah yeah, really looking forward to it Dave Wanisha, I can't wait I guess uh, the six managers of our Cornish clubs you're going to be talking to each other regularly aren't you finding out things about other clubs yeah, I think we you know, we talk generally anyway, but you know, there's there's only so much you can ask. And like I said, every manager's got their own style of doing things. But you know, I'm not a, I'm not a massive fan of doing so much research on other teams because you know I, I like to take care of us. And like I said, you never know what personnel we're going to play, and it's all down to on the day, isn't it? So I generally don't try and waste too much of my time on that sort of stuff. Right. So Wellington Saturday, Millbrook. On Tuesday up at Millbrook, um, so that the, the real season starts on those two, you know, with those two games. Um, I, I, I think it's Jake Ash that suggested that it seems a bit strange in the sense that it doesn't really click in that you're playing Western League until you get rid of all these, well, dare I say, it, local derbies. The, but you know, the Cornish club games because the way the, the the way the fixtures have been done. Yeah, I suppose he's, he's probably right, isn't it? But, you know, how else would you do it? I guess in one way we would only moan if we had to go to Clevedon on a Tuesday, I guess, or, you know, someone would have something to say about it. So I suppose they've got to do it this way. You know, they've got to cram in the Cornish, um, you know, the local derbies as such, over the doors. And then, like you said, yeah, the, the Western League games are the games that you don't play against normally. So, you know, they're the ones that really get excited about. But obviously for us, it'll probably be our last year of doing this because obviously with the merger, so... It, it's almost, it's almost like an enjoyable year, really. Yeah, that's true. And uh, squad-wise, you got everyone available for Saturday? Uh, I wish, but, you know, that, you know, that is what it is. And I've sort of had to deal with that now for the last, whatever it is, six games, it is what it is. But you need a squad, and, you know, obviously you covered us quite a lot last year, and, you know, you, you probably agree with us that, you know, our strength last year was our squad and, you know, our ability to change change the game and, you know, our substitutions and stuff. So, you know, this season's exactly the same. We're going you know, to have to have a big squad. And thankfully, the lads have been together long enough to realise that we do need that and, and they all buy into that. So, you know, the squad will be tested on the weekend, but it's nothing we, we're not prepared for. 
Now, as you know, Cornish Soccer is sponsoring uh, Tim Nixon down there at Falmouth this season. Uh, I see he came off last Saturday after, what, 19 minutes? He's not injured, is he? He he, he had a slight injury, uh, nothing to write him about, Um, more caution than anything. Uh, so you'll be fine, mate. You're uh, you'll be fine, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> I've got to get me money's worth. That's that's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. That's it. And um, I see that you're you're enjoying yourself in the summer. You're in a final of cricket this week, aren't you? I am. Yeah, Thursday night we've got uh, an evening uh, cricket final. So yeah, I, I sort of need that really because this summer's been hard. I've had no break really. You know, we've gone from that you know charity bowl final against Hall Point I think it was the end of the season awards due the week after um, then it was like maybe I think we had a boys trip away with the lads and then I think it was like maybe two weeks if you can call it that and then I'm organising players track suits friendlies it's just been absolutely relentless so I don't feel like I've had a break whereas I try to focus my mind on something else and um, I'm not very good at it, but I, I try to play a little bit of cricket, and uh, yeah, so we've got a cup final to look forward to. Are you batsman, bowler, or, or what? <laughs> I don't know. I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm probably better. I'm probably better fielding. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> uh, right. I got a few. I got a few wickets, and uh, I think when I go in at bat, I, you know, it depends what sort of game it is. We go in at different orders, but I generally go in there and just swing a swing a bat at it. And, <laughs> Try and get as many as I can. Right. Well, good luck with that uh, on Thursday. Uh, good luck for the uh, for the season. It's going to be exciting, isn't it? Six Cornish clubs in it, um, and uh, obviously we'll be featuring the league uh, a lot more this season on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, lots to uh, no doubt talk about as the season goes on. Yeah, it should be exciting, really. And I suppose you know you've only got to look at how well the Peninsula League side's done last year. Um, so, you know, it's given us a little bit of optimism. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Your Cornish Thanks to Westy, as usual. Now, Rappo, a club close to your heart. How are they going to do this season? They haven't signed anyone, any, you know, no big names, but you're going to tell me they don't need any big names. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I probably agree with that, Dix. I think, I think Westy, you know, obviously it was such a successful season, wasn't it, mate, last, last season, mate, with the, c- can I say a treble, Dix? Can I say that? The, the old treble? Did but, they? Um, oh, yeah, uh, did they? Yeah. Well, you know, what was the treble yeah, then? Well, the, the East v West game, wasn't it? Oh, against right, right, yes. Can we, can we call it a treble? Well, I mean, definitely. You, you obviously are, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm calling it a travel, mate. It ain't a, like you say, mate, a former fan. But no, no, I think I think Westy's right, Dix. I mean, I think the opening games will have like a sort of FA Cup, FA Vaz sort of feel about it, mate, won't it? You know, especially against Wellington, first game until the sort of novelty sort of wears off, mate, a little bit. You know, and the lo- you know play obviously the local teams, but it'll be like a cup final feel at Bickland on Saturday, that's for sure. Deeks with the F Troop in full voice, mate. I'm sure of that. They'll all come out for the first game in the Western League, mate. And, and just another proud day, mate, for the club, really. You know, going up as run- runaway league champions. Another tick on Westie's forever growing long list of achievements, Deeks, since taking over the last... What, eight years, mate? And um, probably a tricky start, though, Wellington Deeks. I remember them drawing 3 all at Mounsel, start of last season, yeah. Deeks, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
So, you know, it's a tricky story, mate. But like you just said about Dino, mate, you know, I think Westy will know a bit more at five o'clock, mate. And, um, but yeah, I, I mean, Bournemouth, you know, they've coped well with it, they, with the teams that have come down there from our leagues and the Vars and stuff over the last few years, mate. And, and it, you know, I, I'm pretty confident Town will get three points in the bag early doors, Dicks. And, and obviously they got Millbrook away on Tuesday night as well, Dicks. So yeah. it could be a, you know, couple of wins to start the season off, mate. I'm sure West Steel sort of think there's six points up for grabs there, mate, wouldn't they? Ooh. Start off there. Ooh. No, Don't want to put no pressure on him, I was going to say, no pressure, <laughs> Rappo, no pressure. Sorry, mate. Yeah, sorry, mate. Don't want to put no pressure on, but could, could be a nice little start to the new campaign, hopefully, Dicks. Yeah, and of course, we have to say, when we're talking about Farmouth and the Western League, we have to say that they're back in the Western League because they did so well, didn't they, when they first went in the yeah. league, you know, in the early 70s with uh, Richard Gray as manager champions yeah, what was it three four consecutive seasons four, four, yeah that's the first team I ever remember watching as a, as a kid Dicks, when I was about seven or eight mate that mid 70s team you know yeah. me my old man used to take me down to Bickland Deeks and watching that team mate was unbelievable yeah four years in a row Deeks Western League champions mate so that, and yeah, that was on the back of three Southwestern League champions wasn't it so yeah Oh, I think Dicks won it eight. Won it eight in a row, Dicks, I think. Was it eight, was it? Oh, I forget now. uh, Can you imagine winning the league title every season, you know, for seven or eight seasons? God, blimey. Yeah, that's some team. I mean, makes the teams, the form of teams I played in look rubbish, Dicks, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Eight seasons in a row, yeah, that's some achievement, isn't it, Dicks? You know, battling. I wonder if the youngsters like uh, Gordon Dunn and and James Swan and... uh, you know, whether they appreciate what a famous club they are joining. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got to say, Dick, so Westy's, you know, I mean, he's, he's ingrained that, really. And, I mean, I, I had a look at, you know, obviously Westy's put up that legends wall, mate, and, you know, when you walk into the, yeah. I mean, into the changing room, done a lovely job with that, Dick. So I think any young player walking in there now, mate, would, would, would pretty, pretty much know, mate, that they're at a massive, can I say Cornwall's, uh, Best ever club, Deeks. Cornwall's biggest club. Can I say that, mate? Well, I know. who's going to stop you? I don't think, you know, if, yeah. if, any, if anyone wants to phone in and complain or write yeah. in and complain, they, they yeah. you know, they can do so. But, yeah, I think um, I think they, I, I tell you what, they are the, the most well-known Cornish club because all these uh, yeah. groundhoppers, they they all know of Farmer Town. So, yeah, you're right, Dicks. Yeah, yeah. you are right, mate. I've spoken to people like all over t- the, the sort of world, mate. You know, you've met through football and that. Yeah, and, and every you know everyone does know Falmouth Town, mate, don't they? Yeah. So, right. yeah, it's true, mate. True. And of course, we're going to have a, a slightly closer interest with Falmouth this season. Cornish Soccer is sponsoring Tim Nixon, um, yeah. and uh, so he, you know, part of his contract hopefully will be to come on the podcast so uh, so be ready Tim we want to know you know how the season is going so we'll be uh, fairly close to Farmer Town along the way yeah well done Deeks that's a nice gesture from you mate and couldn't be sponsoring a better bloke mate could you Nixie top, top man mate well, great player I was a bit concerned when I saw he went off so early last Saturday I must admit so uh, yeah 
yeah, hopefully there's a full uh, full bill of health, mate, for all our, all our clubs on Saturday, mate. And they all got their strongest teams to pick from, hopefully, Dicks. Yeah. So that's a, a sort of run through the Western League clubs. And uh, you've been out and about watching games far more than I have this summer. And uh, what are the yeah. pitches like? Well, a bit of a mixture, I've got to say, Dicks. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I thought Liz scored the other night, Dicks, when they played Mosel was looking, you know, really nice, mate. Pretty large, green. Um, you know, how they've done that, mate, with all the weather we've had, you know, or, or not had, really, Dick, isn't it? <laughs> all, the, all the sun that we've had. I mean, unbelievable effort, really. I don't know if they managed to get a, a, a fire engine on it, mate, with a big hose or something, Dick, but, but I thought Luxport was looking lovely, and, and Mosel certainly enjoyed knocking it around on, on that pitch. Well, Liscord did as well, Dick, to be fair. Two really good teams, um... Milbrook, I've got to say, mate, Milbrook, I don't think there was a, a blade of green grass on that one. <laughs> no, I <laughs> It was brown things. It was, it, it was like playing in the desert, mate. It was, um, yeah, it wasn't, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the greatest, mate, to be fair. I mean, to be fair, though, you know, it was, it was the ball seemed to be rolling on it, all right. You know, like, the, it, it wasn't too bumpy, I don't think, you know, but it was just, like, rock hard and... You know, I, th- I, th- I think the actual surface was fine, Deeks, but it looked terrible, mate. Yeah. You know, it was just brown, Deeks. It, yeah, I mean, I, I do feel for the old volunteers, Deeks, don't you, that do a great job. It must be even harder. I mean, Blazy, got to say, mate, Paul. I mean, my old mate, Sweeter, no, Deeks, new groundsman at St. Blazy, mate. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Yeah. Yeah, he does a fantastic job as well, mate, with the picture. I mean, he did... Um, Gregoric, mate, you know, the youth yeah. teams up there, yeah, I mean, he, he had them pitches looking like Wembley, Dick, so I'm sure he'll enjoy going out on the tractor at Blaze Park, mate, where he's uh, graced, uh, graced that pitch a few times as a player, mate, my old mate Sweeter, but, yeah, I mean, some, yeah, some of them, Dick's looking, like, better than they should, really, mate, and obviously some, you know, looking a bit... You know, Weybridge is quite hard, but I mean, it's green, Dix, you know. There's, what, what, yeah. which, which has been the greenest pitch? Oh, the greens pitch, mate. Um, where have I been, Dix? Where have I been trying to think? Um, yeah, I'll probably give the award, mate. I think this scored, mate. I think just nicking it from Lazy, I think, Dix, surface voice, okay. green. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think, mate. OK, yeah. so that's this guy one up already this season. Well done for that. Um, yeah. uh, now, another little competition, perhaps we, we asked at the beginning of the programme about um, the trialist situation. Why are they trialist A and B and whatever and not their yeah. own names? What about, we were talking about it just a few moments ago, all these six managers of our, well, I suppose it's seven managers, isn't it, really? Because you've got two at uh, Saltash. Um yeah. Their ages, who's the oldest out of all of them? That's the question this week, isn't it? We want to know yeah. from our listeners who is the oldest manager of our Western League clubs. Yeah, all young men, really, Dicks, aren't they? Exactly, still. exactly. Yeah, could probably all still put their boots on as well, looking at it, mate, couldn't they, if they had to? I yeah, reckon. Yeah, that's, yeah, good point. Good point. Looking down the list, yeah, you you wouldn't be too uh, too bothered if any of those lads stuck their boots on, mate, would you? Still, no, really. So there we go. And just one final question before we have to finish for this week, Rappo. Out of the uh, six clubs in action on Saturday in the Western League, 
Um, well, let's, yeah. let's just tell everyone of the fixtures first of all. Falmouth Town home to Wellington. Yeah. Helston Athletic home to Bridgewater United. Sodash United home to Cleveland Town. The only uh, well, there's two that are travelling, but only one out of the county, and that's Millbrook, who go to Sherborne Town. And then we've got uh, an all-corners clash up there at the Mill, Torpoint Athletic against Mousel. Which mm. game out of those, which result is going to be the one that surprises us the most? Oh, crikey, Dicks. Flipping uh, at me. I think so, Arshaw, when Dicks, Houston... That is that a surprise? Will that be a surprise? No, no, it won't be, mate, will it? No, sorry, Dicks, i try and answer your question. A surprise. I don't think it'd be a surprise, former Salt Ash... Either of them winning. Fancy both of them. Deeks, um, Millbrook, tough old trip to Cherbourg, mate. Actually, get perhaps not surprise. Oh, no, perhaps not surprise, but the, perhaps the result yeah. that impresses yeah. us the most. Put it that way. Yeah. I think if Alston beat Bridgewater, Deeks, I think that would be the most impressive, don't you? Yeah. I think Maybe. you're right there. Yeah. Yeah, at the list, because that, that's a tough one, mate, isn't it? And, Bridgewater signed a few sort of quality players and big old budget going around up there, digs, isn't there? So, but but tall point and men's all being an interesting sort of result to look at, digs. You know where where so like you said where tall point are at, and obviously you know it's a tough start for men's so really, mate, isn't it? When you think actually probably would have preferred someone else, mate, wouldn't he, than a trip to tall point away, really? So. Mm. I think yeah. uh, I, I'm going to be harsh here and say that I think if Torpoint get a point, that'll be a good result for them. Yeah, I'd agree with that, mate. Yeah, I, I would, mate. I, I do fancy Mosel strongly this season. I think, yeah, I think Dino would take that name, mate, wouldn't he? If you offered him that. Yeah, I, I would think so. That's right. Yeah, so. be snapping your hand off, Deeks, wouldn't he? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, we're not we're not going to mention any of the other leagues because. Um, well, they don't start quite so early as the Western League, so apologies to anyone that is fed up with us talking about the Western League, but that's the way it is this week. Uh, they're all in action, Liscard in action in the Southwest Peninsula on Tuesday, home to Callington. Um, there's, as we've touched on earlier, there's, there are two Western League games on Tuesday, Millbrook home to Falmouth. And Mousel play Salt Ash, so uh, that's a crack, isn't it, Deeks? Yes. Already, isn't it, mate? What, what? If, if, to a, be to be fair, a rumble at the jungle, would it, mate? A rumble at the jungle. <laughs> rumble at the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one question I forgot to ask Jake actually, and that is, yeah. have they actually done the new road? Have they finished the new road into the ground yet? Well, uh, can't wait for that, mate. Can you? Oh, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be better than the A30 improvements, isn't it, at Chiverton and wherever. <laughs> Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, but as soon as that road's done, mate, I'm going back down Trungle to watch a game. Dude. <laughs> it's a bit of a trek for me, mate, but yeah. but it'd be worth it just to see it, Deeks, wouldn't it? That's going to be a big commitment to you, Rappo, to, to to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait to see that, Deeks. To be fair. Right. Okay. So anyway, I think we'd better wrap it up there. We've had a well bumper interviews, yeah. six interviews with the managers. Obviously, Cam Weldon bringing us a little bit up to date with the Truro City pre-season friendlies and new signings. And, of course, the regular Phil Hiscox. Everyone loves listening to Phil.
Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix podcast. Just go to your favorite podcast platform and search for Cornish Soccer Talking Football. And also, if you want to listen back to any previous podcasts of Cornish Soccer, they are all available at anchor.fm slash Cornish Soccer. Thank you. I think it'd be an exciting season, actually, Deeks, don't you? And, you know, obviously, our six teams in the Western League, and, and even like, you know, the Southwest Peninsula League, mate, I think, you know, it's a bit like a Champions League scenario, mate, isn't it? You know, the teams know they've got to be in that top four, mate, for the, for the new league, mate. So, yeah, I and, think it would be a good. Uh, yeah, and the, sorry, good, and the good thing is that they know that they've got to be in the top four. It's none of this wait till the end of the season, Lark, is it? It's. Uh, Exactly. That's that's what you got to do. So. Uh, yeah, exactly, Deesha. Yeah. No excuses, is there, mate? Maybe even a fifth, mate, might sneak yeah. you in. But yeah, yeah. But um, oh, mate, next week, Deeks, we are we doing our one to seventeen, mate? Our usual oh, one to seventeen. Can I? <laughs> bit of homework for you, you this d- week. You've Deeks. already been working on it, have you? So I'm, that's why yeah, you're, that's why you're so keen on doing it, but. Um, <laughs> I've had a quick doodle, mate. But actually, I yeah. suppose it is after I won it last season. I suppose I've got to give you a chance to get revenge, haven't I? So yeah, you did, you did win it, mate. To be fair, great yeah. shape, form, mate. Only won it by twenty points, mate, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, I think so we were pretty good, mate. Pretty close, mate. Wasn't we last season on most? I think we we got a few wrong, didn't we? But you know, the Wendrons and stuff, mate. Um, they caught us out, didn't they? With an unbelievable. Yeah. season, but I think, I think we've got most of it pretty much spot on, don't we? So. I don't think we're too far out, but uh, you, you've no. got a slight advantage because you've seen some of these teams this season, so... Uh, but, yeah, true, but, mate. I, yeah, no excuses, <laughs> have I, Deeks? No excuses. <laughs> but we'll, we'll give it a go. So, with that in mind, yeah. Southwest Peninsula League, we'll be looking closer at that uh, at, at the Peninsula League next week. With that in mind, I'd better go and start working out who's going to win it. Yeah, go for it, mate. <laughs> Goodbye. Cheers, Dicks. Nice to speak to you again, mate. Enjoy your football this weekend, everyone, if you're going to a game. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Cornish Walker Podcast.